open up the app and the music appears But you don't see the hard work, blood, sweat, tears Three minute videos, days spent filming those Airports, sound check, live shows, studios, managers, promoters Labels, graphic design, there's a lifetime behind every rhyme Victory, failure, profit and the cost If we don't pass it on, then the history is lost Want an album review? Then you're paying for ads You want a half-page story? Cost you double for that And the radio's the same, gotta show them the money Cause they shelter and their listeners like bad boy Bubby Ignorance is bliss, but it isn't if you're missing the foundation That's why we had this conversation You wanna know the real deal? Here it is you're tuned in to Beers, Beats and the Beers. All right, check it out. This is the Beers, Beats and the Beers podcast broadcasting live from the Shire Studios. My man, Insidious, the super producer in control. He's doing all this shit, man. He's, um, you know, man, we, listen, as of, you know, talking to you guys last week with Duckets and uh, Treb1. Man, we're running through some new road equipment, and as of doing this, we're recording too. Like, you know, man, listen, we are joined by an icon of Brisbane music today, our man Catch, but we're, we're going to get to get to Catch right, right, right quick. But um, just uh, real quick, let me um, – let me just back announce here. That's right. We had Treb and Duckets on last week. Um, man, fuck great episode. Great catching up with Duckets always, man. Good dude. Great energy, persistent, resilient, um, just an amazing individual, man, teaming up with Treb and doing his thing. Um, you know, yeah, we killed it with that, man. It was just a great episode sitting down, shooting the shit once again. We'd had Duckets on once before ages ago, and I decided, man, it was time, like after hearing the Kitchen Hands or, you know, seeing the Kitchen Hands project sort of coming to fruition, it was time to sit down with the man again and include Treb and Treb, you know, as of um, recording last week, man, I've been in production for probably, you know, around a year or so. And, um, you know, man, he's already doing amazing things, amazing things. Now, if you want to support this podcast, and yeah, he's coming out of Tamworth. So big shouts to Treb. Uh, get onto the Kitchen Hands project, you know, hunt that down. It's amazing, man. It's really good music, man. Really good music. Well worth your time. Just dudes doing their own thing, you know, it's their own thing. A very sort of underground style of, um, you know, concept and everything like that. But it's just, it's amazing shit, man. They're killing it, you know. And um, yeah, as of recording this, we're coming through fucking – we're filming this shit too, Russ, you know, so – Live and direct. Live and direct, man. This is um, this is crazy. This is crazy. If all, all this works, man, we're, um, you know, we're going to be fucking getting into it. Like, how's it looking? It's all looking good. You're in? Uh, we'll see how we go when it comes to editing, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what do you th- – what will be involved in the edit? Um, basically consolidating both of these camera angles down and then being able to quickly switch between them when people are talking mm-hmm. so as to not sit there and have to like slice each little bit out switch the cameras out you know yeah, be able yeah. to fast track that so yeah, i'll yeah. be figuring that out yeah what are we running through here what do we got we got we got a gopro hero 7 and a zoom q2n which is like a field recorder type of thing which has a uh, camera on it as well yeah but it's not the best of quality, so eventually I want to get another one of these GoPros and because yeah. the GoPro looks good at the moment, but yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, then you already know what it is. But, yeah, if you're listening to this, we're working on this shit, man, and uh, we, we've probably never been working harder, man. We're making a lot of phone calls and we're talking to a lot of people. And, you know, in terms of talking to people, there was one person since episode six that I wanted to get back. And uh, he's uh, just like, listen, we're, we're talking about icons of culture in this country. Fuck this city. Icons of culture in this country. Few did it 
as well before. Well, few did it before him, few did it as well after him. We're joined once again since episode six. We had him way back in the infancy of this show, and we've since then had, you know, multiple members of his group, the Resin Dogs. Um, listen, fuck, we are joined by the one and only, the legendary, the icon, DJ Catch. Catch. Good afternoon. Uh, good, afternoon. good afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> it is an absolute honour to have you back in this studio, man, and thank you for taking the time to come back to Beers, Beats and the Biz, bro. Oh, that's cool, man. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, coming to catch up with the uh, catch up with us in our 80s now, man. Like, yeah. you know, it was episode six, bro. You know, I was just like, and I went back through it just recently. I couldn't get through it much. I can't, you know, I can't sit there. Like, it's, <coughs> I don't know, I analyze it, man. Like, yes. I don't know. Can you listen back to that shit? Like, oh, uh, look, I had, uh, what is it? Uh, confrontations with myself listening to the Fat Tape show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, so, dude. <laughs> I think Jeff made a tape of all the best back announcing bits one time, which was probably funny, but yeah. there was always a key word that you keep repeating. Uh, yeah. yeah, with this podcast, it's fuck, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've noticed, so, you know. But, dude, like I said, it's a fucking honour now. I mean, dude, since then we had you late 2018. I mean, a lot's gone on on this crazy world. I mean, we don't need to get into COVID and all that kind of shit, but you are now, like, I don't know how much you want to get into personally, brother, but you're now married. Like, you've had a lot of life changes in recent times. Uh, yeah. How yeah, you finding it all? Much um, the same as prior, but now with a piece of paper? Yeah, same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah, same, same, but different. Yeah, no, it's cool, man, you know, yeah. make make that legit, make the big step of yeah, commitment. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like, you know, yeah. I did a lot of trying before I bought. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, stepping into a, maybe into it becoming that adult that I should have been years ago. Yeah, bro, it makes, well, that makes, you know, yeah, that, that's a lot of us, you know, that's, mm. that's the most of us, man, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say it for everyone else, but I, you know, I've known people that have got into marriage really early and now they're all yeah. you know, busted up it's and stuff put. like that. It happens, mm, you know. Mm, 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 Relationships mm. change and different for people and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. It's good to get into it at this age too, bro, like, you know, just yeah. later in life because then, you know, you're, you're, you already know one another. You're already, you know, at a point in life where it's, you know, that's what it is. You're not going through all those fucking, you know, imagine trying to have achieved the things you achieved over the past 25 years being married, dude. Yeah, the marriage well, wouldn't have lasted. Oh, I agree because, you know? like, even telling my partner um, or my wife, yeah, yeah, uh, that you know, I was so, I was selfish and I had to be to mm. create that and get there. Even not not as in selfish as you know, we took a lot of people with us, mm. but yeah, you yeah. know, for me to do what I needed to do, I had to do what I needed to do. That's and it. I, if you have to be selfish, it's well, selfish sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sacrificed a yeah. lot of things and stuff. Yeah. Like I, you know, I didn't get to hang out with a lot of people. I didn't get you know, go to too many friends' parties or barbecues or things like that, I hang out with my dear friends that I, you know, in the early days of hip-hop and mm. breaking and graph and all, didn't have that. I, you know, sort of went from radio show to study to bands to touring to touring to touring and creating some other yeah crazy band and then, yeah. you know, it was – it's. Just non-stop. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, it's that, it's the, yeah, it's that life. And I suppose that's that life we all pursue on various levels. Now, dude, since we've had you, we've had almost every one of your band members. We can go through the list. I mean, we've even had DNO on. We've had Dave. We've had um, Jeff. We've had, I mean, going back, I mean, I know um, 
we've had, you know, we've had Fib, people you've DJed alongside yep. of. I think the only person we're missing from the dogs is Chris B, you know, yeah. over, the, over the course of, you know, the crew and whatever. Dude, what do you think, like, you know, have you heard those episodes? Have you pay, listened to those episodes? I, yeah, I do. I listen to a lot. Part. And when I miss out, I just catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I do yeah. a lot of driving in between shifts yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. No, I wanted to ask you, like, how, what have you been your opinions on their episodes, you know? Like some of the stories you've heard, like, I mean, Dave had some crazy stories. Dino had some crazy stories. Jeff, you know, Jeff's episode largely focused around what Jeff did and all that kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, what are your sort of personal thoughts on, you know, others' um, others' memories of their time in the resin dogs and all that kind of shit. That never happened, what they said. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you right Some now. of Dino's stories? <laughs> no, no, it's good hearing other people's opinions. It's yeah. just, you know. Different perspectives, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realise that. Or, you know, 25 years later, it's like, oh, I didn't realise that sort of thing may have affected that person in that way or yeah, something yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there wasn't too many trauma stories. So no, no, not I at got all. Got off lightly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Well, no, and I don't think there was any kind of trauma. And you know, with this podcast, we don't do that. But you know, like such a such a pivotal crew of you know within hip hop, within you know in the broader sense, dance music and hip hop culture in this country, man. The Resin Dogs. You know, we had to go out and seek all those. And you know, like the Dave episode was crazy. You know, I think mm. Dave. You know, like we got Dave in a moment. I think you know, and like he was just man. Some of his stories, like the, you know, like Lars Ulrich at a club. I yeah. Think you know, like at a club in fucking London and shit like that, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, and I look at it like a lot of those stories are different and because each one of those people that you interview is a separate entity mm. as themselves, like Dino with Shinky Row and Decipher. Yeah, exactly. Jeff, yeah. Blunted Stylist, yeah. Jigsaw Jeff, Production, Dave always doing his thing. I'm doing yeah. So it's sort of like, I don't know, we're like a, as Resin Dogs, a collective, but like, We've came and formed that Voltron. Definitely, dude. Sort of definitely, definitely. That's bro. You pretty much, pretty much articulated what I was next going to say because I was going to say the Resin Dogs kind of are five separate identities. You had Dave in all those bands. You had Jeff already doing, you know, production and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Dino, Dino, like, you know, I mean, he's as well established an MC in this city as Lays and deserves the credit for oh, it. Totally. You know, he's been there since then. You know, yeah. like, and he deserves that credit. You know, we had him on, we gave him his flowers, and we we need to have Dino back, man. Yeah. I've spoken to Dino via text and, a couple of times. And Chris, man, he was in several different other bands yeah. apart. You know, he was in Emporium, yep. uh, Elevation, yep. uh, Brasilia before that. So he, and you know, he was in that like heavier roots, um, not too punk, but more metal stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, and you, you know, he was in a band with um, Martin Lee. Yeah, original John regurgitator, regurgitator yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, it'd be good to hear his story. I think of so where too. It came from it's just I convincing him. I saw. Yeah, is that right? Oh uh, well, you know, he's a shy guy. Okay, yeah, I saw him at Rick's Cafe once, and I was like, "Fuck, he looks like the bass player from Regurgitator," but instead, he was playing one of those double basses. Yep, playing a sound one. I can't remember what the band was. I was there on maybe a Wednesday or Thursday night, mind you. This is fucking years ago, yeah. you know, and it was Chris and I was just like, man, but it made sense, you know, just all those different bands and, you know, all the bands you guys come from, you know. Yeah, well, he does heaps. He's doing like Golden Sound, I think um, Honey or Honey Smack or something. He plays mm. in like Zoom in four different bands, a couple of cover things. He shows up at like where I, when I DJ at Felons, the yeah, brewery yeah. down on the Story Bridge. Yeah. He'll be in like the other room. Yeah, playing in bands and stuff yep. like that. He yep. used to be like a go-to bass player for a while as well. So, yeah. Where do you where do you guys find yourself at this point? Because I know you just did a show. You just did a show just following my fortieth birthday this year on the thirty first of uh, July here in Brisbane at the Zoo, didn't you? Sort of reformed for that show. Where, uh, where is the group as a band at the moment, or as um, a group? 
Well, the group's uh, basically me, me and Dave. Dino still raps. Yeah, we still get a lot of guests. Yeah, we always. I don't know we've always been sort of like a comp, I guess, a compilation band. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like you know, producer bands, yeah. sort of thing like that, and we yep. just get every, everything in and play it. Um, it, yeah, it's hard. Borders, borders made it hard. Fuck, that's true, eh? There's Dave living in northern New South Wales. Oh shit! Um, yeah, yeah. And our last gig at the zoo, it was that day they called. That's the right. The day they called the COVID shutdown was our. Um, single launch for a bad dog. Or oh, whatever. so did it go ahead? Oh, no, it got canned. It got canned. Oh, man. fuck. There you go. So it was oh, like, shit. and I had like all merch ready, everything. Dude. And not only that, since that got shut down, we had a, um, I used an old contact to get in Big Sound. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's the unannounced act on the Oztick stage. So that was gone. And then a couple of festivals uh, that were keen, shut down. Wow. And yeah. What do you do? This go, is the impact, eh? Go back to work. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go back to DJ. I mean, it you just had that little, it was just that little, for once we had a little thing going. Yeah, there's a bit of momentum. To pick up momentum yep. when normally it's like, eh, we've got a record out and we yeah. haven't done anything leading up prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we have, yeah. You know, our Voltrons become like a dude. tiny transformer. Yeah, I didn't know. That's right. Because I forgot that. Yeah, because I, I, man, I had a little party. It was just a small party, but I had a little party on the Friday night. And that's right. The following day, it all got shut down. I do recall that. Because I remember on the day I was like 40 and I'm just like, man, fuck, I wish I didn't have to do this shit. You know, like even just go have a party and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Then the next day, everything got locked down. It was just like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, fuck, that's right. Jesus Christ. Mm. How has... Well, like borders have opened and stuff. Have you guys been working together again? Um, not so much. So, not really. Nah. No, just some nah. ideas floating around. I mean, like we just before everything, we did cross. So, I mean, yeah, we did a we shot a video clip which mm. we hadn't done in I would nearly say decades, dude. Right? And we're, what a clip! We're what a crazy the, clip. We're probably the worst for being like online do video, all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just like, oh. If you're the worst, we're the second. <laughs> no, no, I reckon <laughs> we can guarantee. <laughs> He's doing a little worse. Well, our original <laughs> label, uh, was it YouTube site, because I put it in my email yeah, and set it up, yeah. then it changed back to, from Hydrophones record, back to my original uh, name. Uh, so yeah. we lost all those uh, so-called stats or whatever uh, that yeah, we'd built course. over it. Yeah, so, yeah. Which was Pretty shitty. And your subscribers and all that kind of shit. Oh, uh, I don't know if people like if subscribing to people yeah. like, yeah. you know, grandparents anymore. <laughs> exactly, man. How not to do it. We should make how not to do it in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I think the three Learn of us around this table mistakes. could pretty much write a book. <laughs> you could, write a manual on how, on what not to do in this industry. <laughs> yeah. And if you need counselling, I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> but see, in saying that, dude, that what not to do has led to your longevity. Oh, in yeah. an industry, in an industry, as mentioned in last week's episode with, you know, two unique individuals in an industry that largely has followed a trend. You have seen your way. I remember we spoke with, uh, who are we talking with? Fib. And I was talking to Fib. I'm like, you know, Catch is that dude still to this day. You are still like, regardless, you might not be the club DJ to the, the go-to club DJ, but you're still DJing in all those small bars. You still have yeah. fucking weekly slots. You know, after decades and decades, bro, you are still it. Yeah, I've been you know, lucky. You've been fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because it's like. But is it, but, but like, not to interrupt, it's it's not fortunate at this point. It's, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, well, is it status? Is it, you know, I'd, what is it? All those years spent practicing, 
for it's like the plumber thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. he comes around and does the job in thirty minutes or whatever. Yeah, like I can do that to a certain extent. Fix, yeah, fix the crowd, make it work. You know, yeah, yeah, walk yeah, in yeah. and see what's happening or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Just it's I guess it's what I play. Maybe the way I apply myself to do it. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but I, you know, it's all that again. Practice. Pra- I used to practice. Never used to do anything. I never used to go out. And then when I got a chance to. I'd, I'd open doors for hip hop to be played yeah, in yeah, Brisbane, yeah. Like in clubs. Yeah, you know there was. Yeah, apart from Soul to Soul classics and Bobby Brown records, and that there wasn't much hip hop being played That's until it, like dude. Walk This Way, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Know, maybe yeah. Rapture. Yeah, okay. Maybe the message yeah. when the DJ needed a toilet break or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, put put the message on because it's like five minutes long or rapture. Mm. Do take us back to those days, dude, because I did want to ask you about that. I mean, you know, you spoke or you know, we spoke briefly back, way back on episode six. You know, this show was in its infancy and all that kind of thing, but we touched briefly kind of on your history in nightclubs in this city. You've been in nightclubs for fucking what now, four decades, you know, close enough. I mean, Fib <laughs> even much. said he saw you on, on the turntables at 14, 15 at, um, dude, actually I've written some notes because Ooh. I went through some shit and I wanted to make sure I got all this I'm right. A, I'm having a drink champs moment. Oh right man, now. listen, and you're having a drink. What do you think of that gin? It's pretty good, man. Yeah, man. We're I don't know how I'm going nice to get gin. home, but Listen, it's brother, good. thank you so much for joining us. It's an honour. Ch- no. Cheers, Russ. Let's cheers. fucking cheers on this, you know. Cheers, Being in, um, what was the venue called? Huh? Billy Santos's Wall Street. Oh. Um, images, top of the state, the club with the revolving den. Images. Dude, can we go back to the 80s? Can you tell us a bit about that era, you know, and you um, stepping into that as a kid? There was a lot of bad hair. I still remember <laughs> that. Bad hair and shoulder um, pads. Well, images I never really went to, like um, – Fib and Angus used to go to images and stuff like that. They'd come down to the coffee shop, Wesley House, which is just around the corner because it's Suncor building, SGIO building or whatever. Yeah. You, images used to be called Top of the State. That's yeah. So it was pretty much like the bar to go to if you're a politician, lawyers, that sort of thing. One of the Brisbane bigwigs of the era. Yeah, that sort of bigwig era was that, you know, full ball dancing. Oh, not ball, show dancing sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sort of club. But when it was images, yeah, Angus and Fib used to come down to the coffee shop and pop their heads in. I think that's where he saw me on the decks. I was pretty much, I think I was, yeah, pretty much still at high school. I think I was still in like year 11. Um, I'd played, what was it? I used to go down to dance music records. I have to backtrack a bit. Um, and, you know, just from buying records and stuff and like a lot of the DJs were down there and they were doing like, you know, what you call strobing, two copies yeah, yeah, yeah. chasing after each other. Yep. One day I said, yeah, I can do that sort of stuff. And 15-year-old kid, they're all like, you know, it's the boys' club of DJs. Yeah. And, no, you can't. So I went in and did two copy shit, you know. I think it was like Stacey Q, two of heart shit because yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. have hip-hop records. Yeah. So I did all that sort of stuff and I was just like, holy fuck, who are you sort of thing. So one guy meant, one guy um, took me under his wing and sort of mentored me and took me up to Wall Street yeah. and got me to play. And um, – I learned because I was doing a hospitality and catering course at high school and I learned that if you were under the age of 18, you could work in a venue if you didn't touch alcohol. Yeah. So licensing for Brisbane, they had really dodgy licensing back then. So if you said like chips, nachos, fucking hot dogs or whatever in the venue, Mm. you got a cheaper license. So like places like the Beat, Outpost, um, Wall Street, uh, there were certain those smaller venues mm. 
that's how they circumnavigated getting drinking licenses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I um, approached Billy Zantos, the owner, I said, like, here's the thing. Showed him, you know, this is what I want to do. Mm. I want to fucking DJ. I knew yeah. exactly what I want to do in school. And um, he went, yep, okay. And he used to bring me, like, every hour a glass of milk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, no shit. Yeah. So Billy does it to, you know, yeah. that's him. He's like, you're my... You're my milkman, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Because he's like a Greek or Italian, so he'd be like sort of, you know, elusive Mr. Mafia dude yeah, from yeah. around Brisbane days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, sort of like learned to cut my teeth. You know, a lot of older DJs sort of went into that sort of scratching and stuff like that. But yeah. like I said, like um, with a lot of things, if you want to change it, work, work with it from That's the it. inside. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. Get in there. Look where DJing is now. Not yeah, saying yeah. I changed the whole world DJing, yeah. but certain records we used to get played. You know, like I broke Two Live Crew, We Want Some Pussy. And, yeah. you know, I used to play it a couple of times and Billy would come home and go, you can't play that record. 18 months later, it's fucking in the it's, charts yeah. and every DJ's playing it. Exactly. Sort of thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. What records couldn't you play back then? Um, Anything. Ha- oh, like probably early Public Enemy records. Mm, mm. Some Run DMC stuff. Really? Even the Run DMC yeah. stuff? Yeah, oh, I mean, like, before Walk This Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, Expo time and that, all bets were off because yeah. that was 24-hour 20, licensing was just fucking Was it 24-hour licensing? Yeah, so Expo. you could stay up. So, oh, yeah, I remember shit. working at Wall Street and. That would have been they, revolutionary for Brisbane at that time. Oh. You know, Brisbane, for those, we're talking about the 80s, we're, we're talking about 88 specifically, Expo, but such a conservative, an incredibly conservative city, mm. you know? like And Wall Street was like on the top floor. It was like seventh or eighth floor. Yeah. So when this license, <laughs> the sun used to come through the windows and yeah. shit, so it was like, dudes, I mean, like dudes gacked off their brain. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hangers, drunk yeah. ass, you know, bikies yeah, through yeah. there, clubbers. Yeah. Um, international people, sailors had come through, yeah. and stuff like yeah, all that sort of stuff. So it was yep. pretty crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, Whoa, shit! We got a big storm in Brizzy. I think I just heard it's that in the fucking crazy. headphones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'm hearing it through <laughs> the fucking headphones. No, like it actually crackled when that lightning struck. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Is that going to be okay? I think we should. We might need to take a break. You reckon? Yeah, I think so because it seems pretty hectic. I was just on the um, weather watch just before, just so it doesn't fuck shit. Yeah, let's just pause. Uh, 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 Man, uh, this uh, fucking, we just paused just briefly there. Shout out to all our listeners and shit. We just took a quick pause because we're, um, yeah, we're going through one of those, um, you know, one of those uh, entirely characteristic Brisbane fucking summer storms. Man, it's pissing down outside and, you know, every so often you got to pause the equipment with all these electrical storms and shit. But catch, dude, we were talking about like the fucking, you know, the clubs of that era, the 80s, you know, the Billy yeah. Santoses and shit. Dude, some of those identities you came across in that era as, a kid man like was it intimidating was it you know or was it just all part and parcel i think it was a bit of a novelty to yeah. a lot of it um yeah. because of hold on this kid knows hospitality laws in, yeah, yeah. A, in a way not like i knew the book yeah but i found a loophole yeah so um but yeah even like the valley like i, I remember while still going to school i was djing monday night at the beat Fuck. um way before the beat was the beat. It was like when it was seriously mm. a gay club, four yep. shows, the whole thing. Yep. But I was allowed to play hip hop. Yep. I was allowed to play really cool records, and that's what they did. And like you know, a lot of the lot of the music that got played at the beat would be 
pretty much in people's playlists of classics today. Yes. Yep. So, you know, yep. all the, yep. even the funk, soul, discos, 80s, they played more rap than any other club yep. that I went to. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things. Yeah, it was yeah. like. You yeah, know. even when we had the hype twins on, they were saying like, you know, I remember them saying they were like, "Oh, it was the beat, it was a gay club," but that's where it was, you know. And yeah. it's like, man, it doesn't like if, just because it was a gay bar it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what happened in New York and London and all those major cities globally in oh, gay bars, you know. Like it, most culture came out of those gay fucking clubs. Hey, look at Beach Street, the Roxy man, bro. You know, <laughs> look at how fucking like look at how Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five dressed for Christ's sakes, you know. Yeah. Like that was influenced by something, you know. Oh, I think that was like. That era coming out of like Cameo and Gap yeah. and all the yeah, then yeah. they they weren't village people, but they were yeah, like, kind they, of toe the line, <laughs> you know the the that of the era of the artists, what they were dressing up in, and yeah. like leather just happened to be a really yeah big thing at the time, leather just studs. like cocaine, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It. So like you know, tr like dude, trans like. You know, you've you've transcended decades in terms of being that DJ in those clubs. Do you find like is an audience still just an audience to you? Um, man, I, I still find the people listening and like yep. a generation that like come up and go, "Fuck, man, what what what's this? This is great." Because mm -hmm. like normally, uh, the, like maybe the younger kids from eighteen upward, I you know say eighteen up, they can go to clubs. Don't listen to that. I mean, I could be wrong, you know, because mm. of online. But yeah. a lot of it's really heavy eight oh eight trap beats, sort of sort of thing, or really heavy gangster rap, and they don't hear the funky side of things or mm. what hip hop could have been like the sample base because of you know licensing and all that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, even the older generation, like, because I, I, you know, I play more of the funk, soul, That's jazz, it. Latin, blues, a lot of hip hop edits, mashups, and stuff. Yeah. Of like, pretty much been involved in buying like just sevens because i've got no room in my house to yeah. put yeah. records in yeah and um it's just a expensive hobby that i've really <laughs> taken on yeah yeah but yeah. it's it's you know just playing all those edits and stuff whether it's off sevens or digitally um I so just, you're fully uh, you've fully taken on that the, the seven thing you're enjoying that oh i do digging for seven my accountant loves it yeah 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 <laughs> i no have doubt. to yeah you know um, you have, have write-offs definitely need write-offs um, I mean, like, I've, I've embraced what I can get and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty limited living here, especially with, like, postage mm. and our dollar against mm. other currencies and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. I do all right. And then, you know, I, what I miss out I can try and make up if I can get it digitally or, you know, through trades with people and stuff like that. But, mm. man, like, I've, I've played records that I've had since I was 15. So yeah, 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 yeah. Still, yeah. you know, and or, – all except one of my gigs at the moment are vinyl. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're lugging a crate of a crate of wax. Yeah. Well, yeah. the sevens are easier because it's exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I can take like three or four hours of sevens. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I do have a like a twelve case I can bring that's on wheels, but it's you know it's heavy. Yeah. Even yeah. after going to the gym, it's heavy. Yeah, 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 straight up. And catch, man, look, listen, if you're fucking, if you're watching this, you'll be seeing catches looking fit. You're down what 10, 11 kilos now. 
11 kilos. Baby, baby, that is some shit right there. That is yeah. some shit. That's yeah. a lot of wine. Oh, man, listen, <laughs> fucking, listen, this is this is what does it, man. You know, Oh, like, wine and Hennessy, the party starters and finishes. Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so going back to those 80s clubs, what would your crate look like, you know, by – you know, by 1990, when you're DJing and you know you're sort of making those mixtapes, what was your what was your crates looking like then? Was it predominantly hip hop, or were you still sort of deep in like the 80s um, shit? It could go anywhere from like Run DMC, Jungle Brothers, mm. Tough Crew, um, you know, club hits. Yeah, Madonna's, um, Todd Terry's, Early Masters of Work, yep. um, 45 King stuff. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't it, maybe like last night a DJ saved my life sort of stuff. Um, Fuck. Could be, yeah, it could be an 80s funk, certain disco. It wasn't heavy, heavy digger, but yeah. it was, you know, Latin rascals. Anything with, to me, anything with like drums and, you know, of course we'd play like uh, Planet Rocks and yeah, yeah. John's on Cruise and, yeah. Um, Hip hop, bebops, and now new wave funk, and clear mm. cybertrons, and breakers, revenge, and all those sort of things, up tempo, and then you know, it's sort of changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tone Lokes, young MCs. Yeah. Um, early like, even Demon Boys, Outlaw Posse. Yep. You know, heading into that UK. Yeah. Chad Jackson, Mega Mixes, Simon Harris stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Um. S Express, which are all chopped up records of classics. I remember S Express, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not yeah. me. I wasn't too heavy on the Euro disco sort of stuff, but that was there in clubs. And yeah. a DJ that I worked with at the time, he had sort of that sort of stuff, so I could sort of slot in the things that I did. Who Did, did, did someone mentor, mentor you through those days, or were you largely just in there by yourself learning? Oh, it was a big learning thing. A guy, um, Mark... Koshka, he used to work at Mask. He mm. was the one that came down and said, well, come and do the scratching stuff here at yeah. Wall Street. Brought me up and that sort of thing. Um, Peter Brown, a big mentor for me was guy Steve Whiteman, also, also known as um, DJ Betty. Okay. He was like fully in on the gay scene. Yeah. Um, DJ worked at all the clubs. Came up from Sydney with another guy, Paul Flex Taylor. Those two probably had a big... Mm. You know, I've shown me like as a DJ, as that sort of, I guess, New York state of mind because I was yeah. into that New York clubbing. So they introduced yep. me to certain records and stuff yep. like that. Yep. But um, Betty pulled me aside and said, look, man, come and do some cuts on a record and showed me some production things and stuff and showed me how you could be a musician and still be a DJ, which I never even thought about. Yeah, like, dude. You know? Yeah. And I first got introduced to like a Akai sampler and – uh, drum machines and stuff like that. So they yeah. they sort of had the biggest influence on me, like especially Early. like like yeah, still do your hip hop thing. But he asked, I asked him. We had we always have conversations. I've known him since I was fifteen. So what? I'm fifty one. Yeah, fuck. So yeah. um, and it, we was talking. He reminded me like, oh, I I really liked what you did because a fifteen year old kid that was played more and was after more interesting records than most of the club DJs in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. There wasn't any, you know, no bullshit straight yeah. up. It was like you just had a certain sound. It was like I just wanted to know what who the fuck you were and where you came from and 
what was that, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, I was just said, yeah, man, I was just looking for the, always, you know, that song, looking for the perfect beat. Yeah, that's it. You know? That's it. Yeah, All That yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Are you like, you know, are you kind of like an anomaly? Who else has come out of your generation catch that is still here today? Like realistically, like, you know, sort of really tr- truthfully active out there. I Man, I, I couldn't think there's too many. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's hard. Or is there more in the dance, is Annie in the dance scene, you know? Um, out of, just out of Brisbane or? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say, yeah, Brisbane. Yeah, Let's go Brisbane. with Brisbane. Um, I mean, of course, there's, oh. there's, there's DJs of your generation in Melbourne yeah. and Sydney and, you know, yeah. We go around the country, there's the Ransoms, there's the, you know. Whoever's, but fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, not many uh, left from your working, days. As a working DJ, like yeah. as nonstop, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, just, I dude, I, I, don't I, know. I only say this because I, I think, like at this point, you deserve the accolades, dude. Like four decades in an unforgiving industry, man, and four decades of doing exactly what you do, you know, rather than what yeah. what is the done thing. Yeah, you know? I can't do the play. I can't do the music nah. policy thing anymore. And you're doing like the felons breweries. You're doing the, you know, you're doing all these clubs around. Well, you know, you're doing like the now sort of the more the bar style thing, aren't you? Yeah. I suppose you know you're more in the bars. So I suppose it's a little bit. Is, is it? Is it? Are you finding it more of a relaxed environment to DJ? I dig it because, like, again, I'm allowed to play what I, what they want me to play. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the, you know, some of the venues that I work with up until the last couple of years. I've had a music policy, but I still do what I do. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess turning 50 and working at Prohibition was sort of the... Yeah. <laughs> when you um, look out and just go, eh. Well, <laughs> well, when the COVID thing hit, that sort of went in like, oh, it's sort of like when they started up again, they're like, oh, look, we're having DJs, but they sort of cut rates in half. And I was like, I can't do that. No. But this is to me. I was like, this is setting setting a standard. Mm. This is going to be fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you know, you would not do that in any other industry. If you went, oh, you know, to the bar staff or the chef or someone like that, they're working. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can come back to work, but we'll just halve your pay. Yeah, we're halving your pay. Yeah. And no. like you know, yeah, I don't. I think it's fucked, and I think people that do that is. Diminishing, yeah, they're scabs. The DJs, yeah, I yeah. didn't want to say that, but yeah. but it, the scabs are going for that sort of thing. It's not anything I want to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. have your forty dollars <laughs> or whatever, right? Yeah. Even though you know, yeah. to me saying that sounds egotistical because some people don't get that an hour at a normal <laughs> job, right? Yeah, yeah. But you still got to remember you got equipment, music you buy, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, have have that. That's what you get. Mm. And mm. to me, like I guess a lot of the DJing. Club DJing as well, as well doesn't interest me because I I don't like some of the sonics and the sounds. Yeah, dude. Um, in a position where I'm really like I like to keep things on a positive. Mm. I don't like I don't like the I guess the music that incites drug taking a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. the rape culture or that hyper masculinity yep. or yep. stuff sort of things. Yeah, I mean. That's just me in a different phase, like mm. fat tape show. Dude, hyper masculine. I played hyper <laughs> Yeah, dude. I played some of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. It was, it was, you know. But that was the music of the period. That was the music yeah. of the year. I was. Yeah. That twenty-year-old. Exactly. So, exactly. I was that thirteen-year-old. Listen to it, man. You but know, you know, like, in, in other saying, there's, you know, 
in the 80s, I was playing Karen Finley records with mm. songs Lick Me Good and it was about her getting licked out, but she was a total <laughs> yeah. uh, new wave dyke. Uh, no shit. Afro dyke from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where, yeah. you know, yeah. like Lady Gaga and all them would yeah. borrow from. Exactly. Those sort of things, you yeah. know, and Madonnas and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a, I guess, you know, that sort of thing uh, heading back to, I don't like the, how the diminished thing got, DJ got diminished in a way where, and there's dudes like coming out everywhere. Oh yeah, you can download. You can go to like Juno charts and download someone's yes. top thirty playlist. And yeah. I could do that, and I could go smash some yeah. other DJ in the club with exactly the same tunes. Yeah, hundred percent. Do that sort of thing because yeah, I, yeah. I prove it. It's like you got to. I, to me, it was like knowledge, skills, and I've asked people if you want to battle, I'll battle you with your records. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's a fucking thing of the past. Dude, I'll tell you, listen, we were at a bar, me and my missus, and we took our daughter. Uh, this is, oh man, this is going back a few months now, James Street, right? And she goes, oh, there's a DJ playing. We're up at, um, I can't remember what the joint's called, Sixes and Sevens? Is that what it's called? Up on James Street, up the top there? Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that. We're there on a Sunday afternoon. And she goes, oh, there's a DJ playing. Oh, I did not know there was a fucking DJ. I turn around and... Oh shit! Oh word! Like there's this full Jersey Shore looking motherfucker. <laughs> Jersey Shore looked like he had just just gotten a spray tan that morning. You know, like just gotten a spray tan. He's fucking ta- like even like ta- like you listen. I'm covered in tattoos. I'm not one to talk, but this cat's tattoos, man. I was just like, you're a fucking clown. But long story short, I, I was just like, I would not have known that there was a DJ there. A DJ. A DJ at a point was someone that curated a room, that brought a feeling to a room. Yeah. This motherfucker was just standing behind two, not even CDJs. I don't even, what are they standing behind these days? It's, know, it's like their yeah. phones are plugged into it or some shit. I don't even some, know. Some, some of the, because of the controllers are just so massive now that they're like, yeah. You can spend a couple of grand on them and just as be as effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you don't Instead do, of paying like you know two three grand for a, for a like setup for a CD just a CDJ or oh, exactly. another three three and a half grand for a mixer so yeah, like, yeah, you know. yeah 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 but this dude he was standing behind that shit and just man he must have just been streaming like Bandcamp mixes or something like I don't even know but it was playlist DJs a playlist DJ bro that's exactly <laughs> what it was and I was like man that's not a DJ like I was just like that's no fucking DJ I didn't I didn't want to be the jaded old cunt in there but you know like oh. what you said about prohibition I remember we sat there for a couple of hours and we had lunch and then we we're having a few drinks and stuff like that and the place starts filling up and us at 40 are kind of looking at the crowd like eh, maybe this isn't us you know you looking at 50 years old looking out mm. over the crowd of prohibition yeah you know? i mean in saying that, that there was still a lot of young people that come up and go who the fuck are you yeah, like, yeah. what are this thing yeah. and even doing cuts dudes are like yeah i've never seen dj do cuts live i'm like yeah, yeah you have <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. you know yeah yeah so yeah Never seen a DJ cut live. Yeah. Yeah, it's or, not a thing now, is it? I mean, like, it's massive mashup culture as well and stuff like that. I mean, for the dudes who do it properly, mm. I've got no problem for it. But exactly. it's just, it's DJing, again, has been diminished a lot because it was that, like, I think, I, I, I blame the mining boom because all the cashed up dudes were just buying Gentiles yeah. and stuff, so everyone thought they could be a DJ. Yeah. You just can't be a DJ. You've yeah. got to really know your shit. Yeah, you've got to learn. It's, so, there's, there's a level of skill involved. I, I sort of like, I probably, you know, sometimes bad on myself, but I've I've always been about the art form. Mm, mm. To me, I'm a culture freak, so I love, I still, even though I may not play hip-hop records as much as I do or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I love my culture. I've been yeah. in it, you know. I've You're watched, rooted I've in watched it, Grow from since I was yeah. intercepted in like eighty one, yes, or something. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're one. You're 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 like 
you're almost like the tree so many branches grow off in terms of hip-hop in this city. You are in many regards. You know, there's a couple of – we have a couple of patriarchs, but you are arguably there as number one. You know, you're the big oak in the centre. You know, oh, regardless, yeah, yeah. Of, regardless of where your career is gone and, you know, what, you's, what you've done under different guises, dance music, like it doesn't matter, whatever fucking genre. You've always been rooted in hip-hop and you created hip-hop. Now, I want to get into, you know – Actually, fuck. Just while we're still on the um, while we're still on the the DJs in clubs thing, are you still excited by nightlife? Because for me, uh, just from my own standpoint, at this age, where a lot of my friends like they've all sort of gone off and they've bought homes and they've you know focused on families and stuff. You know, listen, you're just doing it at fifty now. You know, you're just getting married and shit like that. I got married a few years ago, whatever. But I'm still excited by nightlife. Does nightlife still keep you out there wanting to DJ, um, or are you less are you less enamoured with the nightlife these days? Uh, well, the freaks come out at night. Yeah, I think Houdini said that. Yeah, and indeed. it shows. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Um, look, I'm probably not into the club culture nightlife as I used to be. But in saying that, I'm probably going to bring back back to the old school. Oh, gig, yeah. Which we used to run. Rumpus um, room. I don't know yet. Looking for somewhere. Yeah, looking for somewhere. Yeah. Uh, probably won't happen at Prohibition after this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it depends what it is. I mean, like, if it's for me having to go into a club and playing uh, like a what is that, turnt up set or whatever the mm, fuck that mm. shit is, a lit, um, I'm a lit not set. really interested unless they're going to, you know, if they want me to play a break set and stuff like that like I used to do upstairs at Rick's, yeah, yeah. then, yeah, come with the money. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you got to pay for that shit. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm in bed by 10, 10.30 these days. Dude, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, certain gigs, man, depends what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, but listen, dude, I saw you out fucking six months ago. We're both in Rumpus at 1.30 in the morning, you know, <laughs> you and I. And we had a conversation, you know, and we oh, know no, that was, we're still um, there. I was probably no, last was year sometime. Midnight Marauders. Was it? Well, that's what it was. Yeah, you know, but we're both, oh, it was Midnight, that's right, that's right. Midday but we're both Marauders still became there. Midnight Marauders. Yeah, dude, exactly. I started at midday and it turned into fucking midnight. And we look around and we're the only ones left. It was like me, you and Lazy and maybe a handful of others. But it was just like, man, you know, like I still, I don't know, I still, there's something about nightlife that I still enjoy. That yeah. I don't like that a lot of my friends probably look at me and go, yeah, no, I can't. You can have this, you know, like, and it's not anything. I, I, it's this intent. It's, it's it, for me personally. It's like an intangible. It's just an experience. Yeah. It's like you said, the freaks come out out at night. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like cities li become, you know, they become alive at night almost. Yeah. And the DJ, the DJ used to liven that nightlife yeah. up, you know. Yeah, I mean, like my, I've always seen it from the other side of the decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so true, true. You've worked through it. I've um, I sort of like because well, I'm, I'm sort of like introverted mm, i guess mm, 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 um mm. like you know being i'm a scorpio so yeah i sort of sit back and view everything until someone pissed me off and then i'll strike yeah 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> sort exactly. of vibe. yeah but um yeah i mean like it, to me like again back to the 80s that was fucking interesting yes and like yeah but now it's seeing drunk people fall over each other <laughs> down the valley more it wasn't <laughs> the same as like the 80s 90s of you wouldn't see that crowd, man. They'd all be scared, that's stuck it. in the city. Yeah, like, dude. oh, don't go to the valley. Yeah, man. No, that's no, a no. dangerous spot to go. Yeah. There wasn't a Brunswick Street more to walk down when I first started DJing I in believe, the valley. I believe it. You know? Yeah. yeah it used yeah. to be a Woolworths where the bus stop was, where I could get yeah. off the bus and then walk around the corner to go to the beat. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the difference. Hey, everything now in Brisbane is crammed into the valley. Everything. Yeah. Well, There's no I mean, nightlife in town anymore. It's you know? a precinct. It is. That's it's sort what of it like, is. Um, reminds me of Temple Bar in Dublin. Okay. They have the same thing, except yeah. it's all cobble roads and it's all grey. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? But it's but it's bizarre how they've like, you know, like even, listen, man, when I turned 18, like, you know, there was the city and there was the valley and the valley mm. was the place where you didn't want to go, but that was the place where you wanted to go. It was where it was at, yeah. you know. But now everything is crammed in the valley. So every fucking weekend you got like, you know, you could have fucking 100,000 people per night coming in and out of fucking clubs all through that, you know, between yeah. 50 and 100. Well, I don't know. That could be fucking excessive or whatever, but, you know, You'd say 50,000, 60,000 people every Friday, Saturday evening, maybe kicking off Thursdays, and it's a fucking mess. Yeah. It's a fucking shit show. You're standing in there. That is one thing. That's what I will agree. Like, when I, if I, I won't go into the valley on a Saturday night. Like, fuck that noise, man. Valley is a fucking concrete food oh, court with a bar, f- man. The Valley Mall is a concrete food a f- court with the bars. It, it is, eh? Hey, and it? they've run out of spots, yeah. so they started sh- putting shit on yep. top of the roofs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fucking <laughs> cesspool these days, man. It, it doesn't have any of the feeling or the vibe. Like, it doesn't have, you know, not even to say that there was a danger, but there was a legitimate danger in the valley. But, you know, we used to be in the valley until fucking well, 5.30 in the morning. There's probably three good spots in the valley. Give them to me. Um, the beat still or? Nah. I mean, the beat's still standing. Yeah. I haven't been there. Oh, it's know. up for lease. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's been up for lease for yeah, a while. Dude, I don't know. Do you know the origins of the beat? Someone told oh, actually a good mate of mine, Gusto, big shout to Gusto, and he, episode six is one of his favourite episodes, but he was telling me that the beat was handed to the, a form, well, it's probably the former owner at this point, during the Fitzgerald inquiry. Do you know much about that? The beat used to be run by an awesome lady called Jan Conti. Okay. So he, and her relationship with some of the... Mafia around town. Some of the underworld like figures. Yeah. Underworld figures. But she was an awesome lady. Yeah. Way before John Hanno yeah. took a took it out. Yeah. Owned it. Um Yeah, I just heard she, that story. She was the one that gave me my Monday night slot. Okay, wow. So that yeah. was you know. Yeah. Because they've been running seven days a week for what, fucking thirty five years or something now. And they're still selling the same hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Still some of the same hot dogs upstairs, man. <laughs> the cockatoo bar, the cockatoo club upstairs. I, I actually haven't been into the beat since '88. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I've because been it in, doesn't. I, it doesn't yeah. really interest. I might have went in. Actually, I might have went in a couple of times to see Angus. Yeah. But apart from that, like, yeah. like people talk about the beat, and I was like, well, did you ever fall over the carpet in the front door? Because it used to be like a. <laughs> Carpet that was yeah. lifted up and they have to gaff it down and they yeah. never fix it, so everyone fell over the yeah. front. It was the running dude, joke. Like, but like the beat used to be like, cunts used to go get out of jail and go to the beat. Yeah. You know, like that was a thing. Like, you know, dudes, you know, like. Rite of passage. It, it seems <laughs> like, you know, but also the beat, like, you know, for for a gay bar, there was a lot of attractive women and women in that place, man. There was a lot of fucking good looking yeah, chicks well, because they didn't again, want to get hassled out. Well, again, because like, think about it, you get out of jail and you, there's a certain stigma. So you try and go to a venue, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. The beat never discriminated. That's it. The, the OG beat never really discriminated like venues do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. No, I found it interesting because my mate was telling me, he goes, man, she was handed that following the Fitzgerald inquiry. And I won't go into the circumstances of it. Can I refresh anyone's drink? Anyone want a gin? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. This yeah, I'll have another one. Let's do it. And um, I was We're like, reined in. No, exactly, <laughs> mate. Exactly. We're here now. We'll need another bottle. But um, yeah, I was like, man, it's a fucking interesting story. And for anyone that wants to know the story, maybe you can look it up. It might be written in the fucking folklore book somewhere. But listen, while I pour these drinks, catch. I mean, speaking of folklore, do going back to that, you know, that fucking tree 
that you are in this culture, man, that so many branches have grown from. What we didn't really touch on in the first episode was, you know, like how big a writer you were. Like, I mean, you know, you were one of the Allegedly. Sort of, uh, well, <laughs> allegedly. But, you know, we've spent, okay, so with um, this podcast over the past few weeks, well, over the past couple of months, we've had a lot of sort of legendary Melbourne figures on of your era, of your generation and stuff like that. Um, Adelaide recently. I did want to get more into your history because we kind of skirted over so much of what you accomplished as a graffiti artist in the mid to late 80s, you know, here in Queensland. Yeah, I'll try and remember. Definitely. Dude, I mean, okay, what what could we focus on? Like, it's inception here. Do you remember? I mean, obviously everything kind of kicks off with breakdancing. We've spoken Frickman. We've spoken to countless people. Everything comes from breakdancing. Everything kind of comes from breaking. When did yeah. you kind of first go, okay, man, I'm going to go paint one of these red rattlers down here or fucking um, – or a wall or whatever? Because, I mean, you go back to 86 with that shit, don't you? 85, 86. There you go. There you go. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I know well, I know. Nightmare was before Expo. Listen, I wanted to ask you about Nightmare. Happy um, Easter. Yeah, Happy Easter was like 86. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, sort of, I look at it and I think, oh, that's like crappy Easter, that piece. Oh, bro. <laughs> but listen, I mean, fuck, we're talking, dude, we're talking about what, 80? So we're talking about 86. And yeah. for those for those listening that don't know, um, it's I mean it's it's appeared in print. It was in Hype magazine, wasn't it? The Happy Easter car. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Was it credited to Hams initially? Um, was your drink, sir? Not too okay. sure, man. I mean, I always thought it was for whatever reason. I thought it was credited to Hams initially. Well, like but- whoever did that, because that piece was Hams was a million times better than that yeah. piece, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like me and Nysa, and I'm pretty sure I tried to do an Easter Bunny junk waffle character. It's yeah. like, this is why you should never take booze to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did back in those days, wasn't it, though? Uh, well, Walk in the know, yards and have kids, a party. You know, give 16, 17-year-old. 17-year-old kids a carton and yeah. let's see what happens. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the thing. You could walk, you could, yeah, you could fucking get away with murder. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, so, so, and you just, like, so the, the writers you came with in that, who, who was around you at that time? I remember you mentioning, um, like, Price. Price. Nicer. Nicer. Um, you know. Casino up, around by that stage? Yeah, Casino. Yep. He was... Uh, up and coming as Dogtown. Yes, yep. yes, right, Dogtown. Yep. I mean, there was um, oh, I can't even remember. You know, like Jury Malice was around, mm-hmm. but they're they're all like the Beeline dudes, but we all knew each other still. Yep. Because of the um, because of Ham's connection, um, you know, Poser, um, uh, what was it? What Neil used to write? I can't even remember. Oh, uh, Spike, to, Spike, yeah, 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 Spike, and um. There's a few others, but they sort of evade me. But there wasn't many of you around at that point, was there? No, well, there was, I guess there was little patches on each end of the lines, you know. Everyone was like, no, we were the the first. And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there was (laughs) Jeff too. Yeah, Jeff Jeff and his brother. I mean, we used to like, like the first time I used to jump down and do throw-ups on the trains and they used to spin like, Jeff and hands out and stuff like that. And like Jeff used to do his little Jaffa stencils on yeah. the train and stuff. And yeah, 
which was cool, but it was also funny. Yeah, in yeah, a way, yeah. Cause, yeah. But it was like you did it. Was yeah, like yeah. Rocking up with a stencil and shit. Hey, that'd like, be fucking, what the yeah. fuck is? <laughs> I don't know. There's two things to carry. Well, dude, he was ahead of his time, really. That's one less can, right? (laughs) So she got got two pockets. (laughs) Um, Yeah, fuck. That was just funny, man. Was that the days of the Rattlers, the Red Rattlers? Yeah, and the silver ones. And the silvers, yep. They were all, you know, and just the start of, well, yeah, and start of the electric trains as well. Yeah, yeah. So you were still painting when the electrics? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Happy Easter was electric. I thought that was on a Red Rattler. No, no. Or a Silver um, Rattler. I thought that was a Silver Rattler. Oh, what was it? We did a, I think we did a catch, um, catch price or ah, catch decoy. We did catch decoy. That was on a silver rattler. I think the ones at the Dutton Park where the dude used to live in the red rattler and we painted it the, the old cars. Yeah, that was um, that was yeah. Well, that was a red rattler. I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck. Dude, walk us through it. Okay, walk us through it, man. Like, like, just I know you, you can't take us back to the thinking and the whatever, but like, the Happy Easter car was done down at Kingston, wasn't it? Yeah, just they used to park it up about two hundred meters down the track near the butter factory. So, how many of you? Allegedly, of course. Seven or eight. No shit. Noisy cunts. Cat, catching the train in. Jumping off the platform, walking Catching down. Catching with paint in the bag, beer in the hands. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like last car Friday night. Oh, maybe it's, I think we put the train home. So, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, but it was just like Friday night, dudes on the train. They were like, oh, and there's a whole heap of dudes on the train drinking. Let's check that out. But yeah, no yeah. one did, right? The, where they would now. Yeah. Dude with a bag on his back. Oh, straight down there. Bro. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're where's sitting your, where's at a your ticket? Dude, you see exactly. Where's your ticket? Exactly, bro. You're sitting <laughs> at a platform with a drink with a fucking backpack on, man. You're fucked. Yeah. You know, you're getting you're getting searched, you know, mm. at the very least. But and you but you know, you've you've had the ability to just go down there, take a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, easy. There was like, you know, well, a couple of dudes look out. Yeah. Oh, train coming. Just dark. <laughs> it's yeah, sort of like yeah, yeah. pretend a dark sun. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. I just had a flash of thinking of something else. But yeah, it was like, you know, I used to write with JC from MTV a lot. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, that's when my game picked up of bombing. Yeah. With him. Yeah. How hard did you go? Like, how hard would you consider your, like, do you consider yourself? I mean, dude, listen, you're in all the first. They're they're re mm-hmm. they're reissuing all the hype mags at the moment. And I have them. Like, you know, I have those first issues. You're in each and every one of them. If not contributing as a writer, your pieces are in there, throw ups. Um, yeah, well, like when I got um enlisted and joined MTV, Mad Train Vandals. Yeah. Um, me, JC, and oh, I can't remember that. We had this battle and we just fucking Bowen Hills. Yeah. It was just. Yeah. It was like from one end to the other. Yeah. It was just like never been done before. Yeah. So, and pretty sure we we're the reason why they had fences. Yeah. Installed. Yeah. Because there was nothing. They had nothing. So you could walk in there. And like you'd see it, the changes of shifts with dudes and stuff. So dudes would be walking around with their like, you know, work bag, walking mm. up. Mm. And you just stop. They'd walk past. You just hide in the shadows and, mm. oh, yeah, they're gone. Go again. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking it was fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> yeah, it was dude. like Yeah. Compared to like nowadays. It's wow. Like, it's it's another world. Yeah. It's another world. Razor yeah. wire cameras. We were just lucky, man. Senses. Like, yeah. We weren't the best, we were the first. But you were the first. <laughs> you were the first. What 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 um like what what informed your style? 
So what did you see that made you like uh, other than your peers or other than those around you sort of what was informing you? Like, was it just the videos? Was it beat street? Was it, you know, uh, beat street, duck rock, um, Hamza's IGTs, vapors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. vapors, of course. Um, yeah. cause we were, it, maybe if you saw a piece on the line, you jump off the train and yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, have a look, check it out. But yeah. there wasn't really too much set in stone of, mm the Bible until Subway up. Yeah, true. Exactly. Do you remember any of the, like, sort of some of the bigger pieces along the lines in Brisbane back then? Oh, I think they've all been mentioned, really. The yeah, the Madhouse. Fire and Ice, where I first met Hams. Fire and Ice, yep. yep. Um, the Madhouses, yeah. the Hitman. Madhouses, the joke, the big crime joke at Dutton Park on the old yeah. things. Um, well, the, the TDF bear that Hams did with this. Stuff like that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, you're all. You're, well, you know. I suppose this leads me into this know, question: the madhouse pieces, the yep. skate powers. All that. Yeah, but of course. It, see, that was all mainly our sort of crew area and where we travelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if we didn't go out, you know, we didn't go out to like Caboolture or anything because like to see what was going it's on. Like, what the fuck you want to go to Caboolture for? Exactly. You know, we're, we're city kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got everything here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They come. It all comes to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you are responsible for one of the, you know, sort of the pieces of the era, the nightmare piece on the South Bank Bridge. You yeah. know, so this, the the for those listening, where the Beanley line goes into into the city, you know, that South Bank Bridge catch and nicer yeah. had a piece there in what 88, 87 or eighty eight. Well, it was before Expo. Just before Expo. And that's, yeah. see, that's fucking funny again because yeah. like we took it, we. Amazing piece, <laughs> too. amazing piece. And that blue was like enamel house rolling paint that we. I think I racked from some store, yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, and it was just some dumb blue. But we were rolling that. I mean, like the amount of security that should have been around Expo at the time, yeah, wasn't there. Yeah, so it was just, and we walked home from there. He lived at like Vulture when it was used to be called Vulture Street Station, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he's <laughs> at his mum's house, who lived next door to the station master. You're joking? No, we used to know the station master wow. and stuff like that. Wow, and they'd be like, you know, the, the, these people are right. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, we go off to the jungle piece halfway between yeah. Vulture and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just fucking hilarious. So going yeah. in there, dude, like, so, uh, like, you know, anytime I catch the train, I do think about that. Like, you know, on occasion anyway, man, when I catch the train, I'm not on the train so much these days. But going across that bridge, regardless of era, it must have still been a pretty fucking red hot spot, oh. you know? Do you get off at where do you where do you run to if you chase? That's what I'm saying. You're running you run across, across the, bridge the bridge or to the train Hello, station, other side. Yeah, yeah like where are you going? You can only jump down, and that's what uh, know, three or four meters. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not going to break my legs. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm not going to break. Try anyway. So how did you get in there? Did you just walk from the station? And we just walked in. Yeah, we just walked. We walked down the down the tracks. Yeah, yeah. Rolled it for a couple of hours. Yeah, painted it, and it was like man, it was like being on drugs or something. We'd like. Still beaming, and we're watching the sun come out. Yeah, dude. The sun was still coming up whereas we were finishing off. Yeah. And then we're covered in fucking paint, <laughs> walking up the tracks like with a roll, eh, like right using the paint, like writing your name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> using yeah. Using yeah. the roller shit. Yeah, yeah. And walking back to the fucking house next door to the station master and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> covered in shit. <laughs> As he's it, going man. to work. <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, and bro. The, you can't write that shit, man. That was funny. 
that's why we need it documented, man. That's why we need to hear those stories because that's it, dude. You won't, you know, like they, this, this shit gets lost, man. You know, this shit gets lost mm. unless it's documented. When did you, when did like, at what point do you, do you see, you know, the full stop on your, on your graph career? Like where do you sort of, where did, where did it end? When Was the it, heroin influenced infiltrated okay. yeah, yeah and yeah. i was like you know and i saw a lot of friends getting into it and was like yeah it's not me and that's where i sort of started more the djing and that's where the back going right into the club thing yeah because i was still i was always having a like a, you know yeah between hang two. out hang out with the friends like we were saying earlier i never got a chance to hang out with my peers that i grew up with doing writing and stuff so yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. still school club djing still bombing yeah House parties at my place, yeah. my parents' place. Yeah. All that sort of transitioning into the like, adolescence, adult years of being able to go clubs, working at clubs. Yeah. Taking it up from there. So, yeah, it's, I, I you know, and I, we only, I only smoke weed. I yeah. didn't get into other harder drugs till later on in life because I was just still breaking, trying to be fit. For sure. But in saying that, you know, I drink a bottle of bourbon or, Drink yeah. some beers yeah, on the yeah. weekend and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but not yeah. during the week, just on the weekend, just you yeah. know, hang with the boys. Did those lives, did, you know, did those lives intersect being that you would did, you know, I suppose DJ Catch didn't have the notoriety that he did today or, you know, in the by the late 90s, you know, where your name was a draw card, but did Catch the writer intersect with Catch the DJ? Yeah, the coffee shop. Okay. Because I used to take my own decks in, ah. DJ there at the coffee shop where because yep. – they had a tape player. We're like, oh, I'll just bring in my deck. So, yeah. you know, the people that ran the place used to – my mum used to drop me off. Yeah, 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 And the people that ran the place dropped me home with my decks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so everyone, like, you know, it was like the writer's bench. Yeah. Breakers could go there, hang out. Yeah. Pre-drink before going out if yeah. you could go out. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, man. It was man. like the house party but or there was actual that shit on radios. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, it's, dude, it, the, the shit's amazing to me. And like I said, I went back through bits of like our last interview just because I like I feel like I wanted to fill in gaps. Like I was like, man, we didn't really talk much about that. Like we spoke a lot about the resin dogs. You know, I think we yeah. spent like an hour plus of that interview talking about the resin dogs. But, you know, some of the stuff you were talking about those formative years, like, you know, breaking graph we kind of skirted over a lot yeah. of that shit and it's man like you, you deserve the credit bro you deserve oh, the cheers. credit for the shit you've fucking done dude like and just throughout that culture like just pushing things and just pushing things exponentially man like the way things have fucking moved and then beyond that radio dude you know becoming a staple of radio we did touch on that in the in the first interview but i mean you know you ran fat tape for years man you were there for years was Jeff yeah. your inlet there? Because I don't think we really no, established no, that. They did it. They sort of stopped. And then I was DJing a club and mm. these people came to see me and it was Pete and Anne and they were they were studying political science and stuff at uh, the University of St. Lucia. Yeah. And Triple Z had just sort of transitioned from being kicked out over to Tuong. Yeah. So, and they really dug what I did they used to come and see me all the time playing in club and then they said, Hey man, do you want to come in and play some tunes on the radio? Went in the first week. I was like, This is dope, can I come back? Yeah. And then I think after a month they go, Oh yeah, you can have it. Yeah. They just gave me the show. I wasn't fully trained or anything. So well they tried sort of trained me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing stuff and that um Yeah, that was it. That was it. Damn. It was off to the races. Yeah, I don't think it was full 
called Fat Tape then. I think it was just the hip hop show or something. And then okay, did you have a co-host? Were you having people in? Yeah, like Jeff and Hams used to come in. Tony T, um, a couple of other people. Yeah, but you know, just yeah. I think we saw photos. Yeah, I think we're gonna speak. Of course. No, I think there was. I think fucking. I've got a photo of, or Fib sent us a photo. It might even be in the um the reissue of um of the blunted stylus tape that came out on wax. And then that's fucking amazing. I want to talk about that shortly. But um the um the photo of is it? I think it's Jigsaw and Fib in the St. Lucia studios of Triple Z. Maybe I can't remember. There's an old photo. Oh, of them. I think that might be Kesro. I think oh, Jeff might be throwing that in with Kesro. Yeah. If, if there's any studio thing, that would be the. SAE at Milton, oh, where they piecing stuff together and doing cuts, yeah, yeah stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Because Jeff, yeah. was learning audio, yeah, along with um, another guy, Kesro, who's sort of dabbled in the. He wasn't involved with the hip hop stuff, but we met him through the production side, and yeah. he does. He runs a studio out at Banyo Way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all that. I'm pretty sure that might have been the SAE studio. Probably was. Probably was. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, how does like okay? So from the radio, just filling in the blanks, we may have touched on some of this stuff, but leading into you being a DJ in bands, you know, you spoke about elevation and hearing or playing Jeff's tape for Dave on a Skunk Hour tour. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going back through the history books. I'm okay, doing, my, yeah, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing my little, my little research. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm sort of going back through and. Like was that the was that your first time kind of out on the road in a band and then playing you know then giving that music to someone who comes from a rock background? Um, yeah. Well, see, I was obviously we're jumping all over the shop and we'll yeah, go yeah, back yeah. and forth. Yeah, yeah, no, no, well. cool. Um, <clears throat> to put all that in context, I had met Dave. I was living out where pretty much the ICB finishes at Hurston, where you turn off and go off to the hospital. Mm. Sort of thing. There used to be a couple of houses there. I lived in a house with this um, two other people, and they went to Kota uh, Music Course, which is involved with the university campus over opposite State High. It used to be in the corner. Yeah, I met Dave there. Um, my little downstairs DJ room with the bong room. So. Pretty much, Dave was the only bonger at the party. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. We were, you know, smoking weed, and I was doing cuts and playing record, doing jug beat juggles and stuff, and him being a drummer, going fucking hell, rah rah, and we're just talking, shooting the shit. Turned out that I used to break dance with his brother in the city, city back in the early eighties. That's right, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, we'd talk, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, had a really good time, or yeah, nice meeting you, whatever. Next year, I went and. Studied the same course because these people were like, yeah, you should go do it. So mm. I did. Mm. Halfway through the term, Dave just rocks up and goes, oh, you want to do some putting a band together? You want to do some scratches in it? Mm. Like, sure, why not? Sounds good. Rock up, first gig, Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> <Fuck no. laughs> like full fucking house, fucking the arena, hell. or Roxy, whatever it was. Yeah, fucking yeah, called yeah. It. And um, it's a funny story because <laughs> um, they couldn't put me on stage for some reason. So the arena, they used to have that cage where the stairs Yeah, are, definitely. Where yeah. the DJ booth was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, DJ booth. So they put me up in the DJ booth up there. Yeah. So I'm watching the show. Yeah. And, like, you know, little monitor doing cuts from You're there. You're DJing from back there. DJing from, like, over the top of the audience Fuck. looking down. Jesus Christ. And um, they're like, and I can remember, like, hearing Dave, can you hear that? Can you hear that shit? And I thought, <laughs> 
thinking, can you hear that? That's shit. <laughs> and like when I finished the gig, I just packed my shit up and left. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. And then he came looking for me. He goes, oh, where did you go? I was like, oh, I don't know if you liked it or not. So I was, you know, and I couldn't get backstage because like, oh, I'm the DJ. They're like, what fucking DJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no DJ on stage. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just left and then he linked up. It's like, no, nah, man, come and do this. And I uh, did a couple of other shows and, the band, yeah, the band was Elevation. Elevation. So did that and we did a couple of national tours with Skunk Out. I was still studying at college. Okay. And the funny thing is they were, like, going to not pass me because I was absent from school. Yeah. And I was, like, sitting in the office, I was going, this is really fucked up because, like, shouldn't I be, like, graduating with honours? And, like, what do you mean? It's like this job is about being in bands and getting in the industry, right? Fuck. And I'm like, yeah, and I was like, I fucking just did a national tour. Yeah, dude. With a headlining fucking act. It's yeah, like, man. Who else in the class has done that? <laughs> everyone, everyone in the class who's just yeah, come yeah. back from a national tour, please, you know? So, like, that's what, what the they're all dreaming of doing, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> you like, know? That's the main goal. And it's just like, oh, yeah. no, you had to. So I had to do this fucking, I had to make, do these makeup tests or something. And stuff really? And Did you like, get through it? Oh, your music theory was shit, so we can't pass you. And they're like, kidding me yeah but that's but that, that's but that's the bullshit of like you know yeah. like some of this tertiary education like real world experience real world yeah, experience can like, never be eclipsed like it just was, can't be like the funny thing is so my um my teacher goes yeah okay well i'll make him do an exam so he goes hey man here's a beatles song just copy the notes out on the chart word from word and i'll pass you <laughs> fucking beatles too but it was like, <laughs> like seriously <laughs> But I was just like, <laughs> you're fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, I've man. just fucking aced the course. Yeah. Already six months into it. And yeah. You want to fail me? And yeah. Like, but, yeah, that's where it all began. Then um, Dave, because Dave was in a few bands in Brisbane, um, did Precision Oiler, which. I remember P. Oiler. Yep. Did that with um, Paul Bromley. Yep. Uh, Jeff Kavanagh, who Jeff Kavanagh used to do production of 4BC records where we. He engineered and did some work on the – we did extra stuff on the Blunder Stylist and the Blunder Stylist Brothers and Dog stuff up in those studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did stuff. Paul Bromley, he played in bass in – ended up playing bass in George and – Oh, wow. Um, what is it? Not the boat people, but one of those big, like, Ben Harper, Jack Johnson yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. Massive. Yeah. I think Beautiful People or something. Okay. One of those. And he run – he's engineering and produces up at Tanuki Lounge. Uh, Yamanu Studios. He used to work at Tanuki Lounge out at West End. Um, yeah, so like working with those dudes. Yeah. Um, working with those dudes led me to do the stuff because Magoo saw me, producer of Minato, Regurgitator, Custard. Yeah, yep. legend. legendary. Said, oh, that's cool. Ended up doing the Kung Fu Sing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stuff with the Gurge. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you DJ on a platinum album. Yeah, platinum know? by default. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How does cool. that work? Well, I get no trophy. Yeah, true, 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 true. You I keep playing the, uh, you didn't get a plaque like, for my it. motherfucking trophy. <laughs> you didn't get a plaque for it or anything like that? <laughs> Sold a million records and nobody knows me. <laughs> Are those two still active? Like, do you, do you have any relationship? Regurgitator or Ghetto Boys? What? No, no, Regurgitator. Do you have any, well, you know the Ghetto Boys are hosting a podcast now. <laughs> like, wow. That's, that's what that is. A, a Regurgitator? <laughs> Does Ben Eli no, have one? Man, they're doing a 20-year um, oh, really? of two-playing. Yeah, okay. Coming up next year, I think. Fuck, is it really 20 years? Yeah. Jesus. 
Had nah, to, it must had be more to than buy that. my copy. <laughs> Too plain. Uh, so what is it? Uh, nah, it must like, be twenty five um, or something. No, nah, twenty. Wasn't it? Was that was nineties? Wasn't it? That was Kung Fu Sing and all that shit. Well, maybe twenty. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know. Old, mate. Yeah, it's old. Old. <laughs> it's old. Yeah, it's getting old now. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, they were fucking festival staples back in the day. You know, regurgitated with those. Probably, it probably is twenty five years. Yeah, I reckon, man. I'm pretty sure it was mid nineties. I was still at college, so yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah, because twenty years, I'd make it two. No, pre two thousands. Yeah, we only did resin dogs 20 years and we were like a couple of years after that. Yeah. So the resin dogs, they form off the back of, and we've gone through a lot of resin dogs history with the dogs and stuff and with yourself, you know, so we don't really need to recap it. Okay. But the resin dogs form like, okay, so I, I, I want to almost pinpoint it to a moment. Do the resin dogs kind of form around Jigsaw's, you know, the blunted stylus tape and that, that tour? Is that kind of how it kind of comes about? Is that how those roles intersect? Um... No, uh, resin dogs sort of formed. All right, we um, because we used to like do a lot of stuff for another label, um, Bow Records, mm, mm. Uh, Paul Curtis. So I sort mm. of studied under Paul Curtis without him knowing of how to run things, do venues, and mm. work record labels and budgets and all that sort of thing. Yeah, just trying to get involved in that side. It's like, no, you just go with it. Because yeah, uh, yeah. his bands was in, me, Chris, and Dave were part of Kylie Gaffney's band, which was on mm. one of the first signings to Warner. Yeah. It was sort of like a package deal because it was – Pangaea was initially supposed to get signed. Okay. Yeah. Tape got handed of Regurgitator. They wanted that. So you couldn't have Regurgitator without a sort of a package deal, and Kylie Gaffney was in on it. So we are on the Warner, really? Warner, Teal, Warner Tour with Kylie Gaffney and – Sort of listening to the blunted stylus tape in that and the in the elevation tour van and yeah. stuff like that. Um, those were cool about it, really dug it. Um, we used to do a lot of studio sessions at Red Zeds. I had an apartment in Stafford, Dave lived with me for a while. We were sort of working out the end things of like the last elevation record where we were, um, had a lot of songs written. And stuff and the guy used to play keyboards in the band psycho mike went and unplugged stuff and we hadn't saved anything and just oh, blacked in the studio fuck. so we were what we did like uh, the engineer jeff lovejoy was like oh yeah we could i'll it's just it's just three loops so you could just trigger it <laughs> so we're just <laughs> triggering it yeah, and then, yeah, he, yeah. then jeff lovejoy goes oh dave go on get on the kit for a sec yeah so i was in the studio triggering yeah Dave's like on the drums, and we just started fucking around like that. Yeah, that's sort of the live aspect. Yes, and then yeah. like Dave's brain starts ticking. Rah rah. He's like, oh, I really like this. We did a um. I filled in for Frenzy show on Triple Z. Mm. He was up here, mm. and it's like, oh yeah, I'll come and do it. And then I was like, oh, let's fucking just rang Jeff and just said, let's go in and play some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave set up his kit. Jeff had his and Sonic and his keyboard, and I had the decks. And we, you know the light in Studio Two. Yeah, we wrapped yeah, yeah. the microphone and hung it just That's in the right. room. I think you, I think you've told us this story. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, and, I've um, heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just yeah. did cuts and that. That was sort of yeah. the first. That's pretty much where. That's where it sort of starts. Where it was like, oh, this yeah, is yeah, pretty yeah. good because like the phone went fucking yeah. shit hot. Like we we didn't have time to answer the phone, but it just kept. It was always all the things were just flashing red yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time, yeah, you know. So yeah. 
Um, and people rang up the radio and said, "What the fuck's this? This is fucking." That would have been amazing. Uh, is there is there a tape of it? I like, think did Jeff, anyone get Jeff a... would have a copy, surely, man. He's got like everything. He's, he's like, amazing like that, man. He's got. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if not, he could fucking pretty much probably recite the records and everything that was sampled <laughs> from it. Like Jeff is, Jeff is like, uh, like yeah. a fucking Rain Man with that shit. Like he's oh, crazy with it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we came to that. Then we. Um, I think I did a, like a, maybe a hydrofunk party, which is upstairs at the old Prince concert before the Prince concert is what it is now. Yeah. In the old La La Lounge room. Yeah, yeah. It was like a really weird way to get in, bar sort of thing. You had to go up the stairs and then around and come in. We had yeah. hip-hop night. We sort of did a couple of resin dog shows. I think I even played drums and lazy rapped. Yeah, what? And, um, and you played drums. Yeah, I did one song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what happens when you hand out weed cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was it. And then I think it came from that. I mean, like me and Dave, prior to that, me and Dave did a remix for Regurgitator. So officially recorded, it was me and Dave doing a mega mix for ah, Regurge. Yeah. On yeah. the. You know, like a B-side to the Niffy Simplicity. Oh, I was going to say Niffy Simplicity. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, gave us yeah. all dat tapes from yeah. the two playing sessions and stuff and they were recording weird shit and then we just went through dats and yeah. dats. And yeah. Yeah, that was like my first industry check. Is that a fucking – and that was a remix on the single? Yeah, on the CD. I don't think it was ever a seven wow, or I wonder like if it's that, on fucking YouTube. Let's look it up. Let's see if it's on YouTube. I'd love to hear that shit. The Miffy Simplicity remix. That's well, we got to sit there and watch. No, no, no yeah. No, so dude. that all came about, and yeah, the funny thing is, like, um, you know, we got like a five hundred dollar check from Warner's for doing the remix, and I thought, wow, this is cool. And a friend of ours, a uh, tour manager, um, sound guy, was like, man, you know, with me and David going, oh yeah, we should buy this, we should buy that, and he's gone, nah, man, you know, you should do. You should buy a grow light because then you could grow your weed. You can make some money. And then you fucking don't have to worry about running around town. You can just sit at home and fucking do all this music shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's what we (laughs) (laughs) We won't say it aloud, but yeah. (laughs) You made money out of this music shit. (laughs) So, yeah, horticultural being a botanist yeah, became yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah. of my yeah. curriculum for a while. Yeah, no doubt. You can put that on the resume as well. Mm. Now, Miffy Simplicity Remix isn't, doesn't appear to be on YouTube. There's a bunch of live versions. I know I went for like I'd 20 bucks it. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The CD. I'm hope, hopefully because of their song and not ours. But, yeah, it was like a weird fucking, I don't know, because we're smoking weed, we're in Cypress Hill. and Yeah. We're just really dark motherfuckers. And but the sound was pretty dark at the time. How did, how did um like, how did so much of the early Resin Dogs music come to be built out of, like, a lot of Jeff's loops and a lot of... He had more stuff written at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we're doing, me and David were doing so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That early stuff. And then when we went in to record the EP, like, he had Grinning. Even though he'd had already released it, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. But then, whose idea was it to make it the hip hop song that it kind of became? Uh, you know, like it was. You know, it was, it was a platform for all you guys. It was like a platform for Lay's, platform for Jeff, platform for the Resin Dogs as a whole. You know, I would give credit to that for Dave for having the era because he was like, yep. "That's in key with that." Yeah, this doesn't have a chorus. We can chuck the chorus on here. Bam. Mm. Jeff goes, "I know a rapper, Casey yeah. Gray. Get in." Bam, right to this. Yeah. Bam. Mix it fucking three days later. Yeah, yeah, That was the single. Yeah. But the original idea is on the Blunted Stylus tape. Yep. 
So he's taken from the blunted side. Yeah, he had that groove, just yeah. an instrumental, because it was just. Doo, 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 yeah, yeah. You know, and then break down, then yeah. back into ah. it. Another breakdown, maybe a drum fill. Yeah. So Dave, right, call it. He chopped the bar. He he arranged. He would arrange it. I mean, Jeff, of course, wrote the samples. I had the. I got what you need. I'd done a mega mix tape. I can't even remember which tape it's on. Yeah. But it was like a beat intro I did, and yeah. it was like really stoner sort of song and it was a sort of a blues thing just like jeff's and the chorus was i got what you need yeah yeah, yeah. and then it had a tag off got that good chiba chiba yeah 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 so it was more like a dave heard that and yeah. then he goes well you got that you got that yeah let's put that together and that's dope that's dope and the rest is history yeah 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 <laughs> whose idea was it to make it the jump off, like so. This is where we hear the res. Is, is it, it was the first single, wasn't it? For the res, it was the first single. Yeah, uh, fourth release through Hydrophone. Okay. Uh, what what was one, two, and three? One of Stylus. Ah, okay. The Resin Dogs featuring one of Stylus featuring Resin Dogs yep. and yep. the Elevation Piola. Ah, double. so they were the first Hydrophone releases. Technically, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow, and then things just Grinning. really. Volcanic Lab. Yes. Yeah. Signed to a major. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it's fucking off to the moon from there. Almost. Set match. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dreams and hearts broken. And destroyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything along the way. <laughs> you can write a book, dude. You can write a book. Like, seriously, I mean, you you are one of the veins. You're one of the arteries of the Brisbane music scene. Behind, beyond hip-hop, beyond everything, man, you're in there. You know, yeah. like even well, just, you know. For a while I was playing like Rolling Stone parties, like yeah. doing rock and roll gigs, do raves and dance parties, hip-hop gigs. Yeah. And plus the radio shows. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like. Never stop. So I could say I was, uh, well, I didn't do country or you know, folk yeah, music yeah, at the time, yeah, but yeah. in that sort of industry, every, a lot of people knew yeah. who I was. Yeah. So I could work because of Regurgitator. Because mm. the dogs was sort of a, a hybrid thing yes we had rappers but we also had the dance dance yes. moves we had breakers yeah you know, yeah, yeah. we yeah. that party fun did you thing like a like a trouble funk sort exactly of thing. yeah yeah you almost set up to like to just excel live like you know those early residents that was shows, all the most you know? of most of the first early stuff up until grand theft audio that was a lot of stuff was like written in jam taken to jam rooms after writing Jamming it out, working it out. Then mm. it was on the road. We road tested fucking songs for a couple of years before they even yeah, got yeah. Yeah. released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I remember you used to hear like, oh, you'd never know where to get it, but like Cucumbers and Freak the Funk. And, yeah. You know, like, I mean, you know, even if you could recognize it, but like, I remember Freak the Funk, it like reminded me of, you know, the joint from the far side, you know, and I was always like, yeah, that's. Like that, that, well, that. technically it was. No, it was, you know, exactly. Well, it was brand new heavies. Well, where the fuck could you get it from? Yeah, you it was, know? Well, see, it was, bra it was a line off the brand new heavies live experience uh, with the far side. Yes, yes, yes. Where yes. they did Soulflower live. Yep, yep. yep. So that, that's an amazing but record. But see, that, that's mm. also Mr. Magic, the chords to Mr. Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, so we just took that, I just took that catchphrase. Yeah. And it just became, it was like, you know, call response. Again, yeah, trouble yeah, funk, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, getting freaked the punk. So yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did, do you know that it, it appeared on a uh, Triple J Live at the Wireless CD? Yeah. Yeah, yep. it did. Yeah, because we did Live at the Wireless. Oh, okay. We did Live at the Wireless for them. I think we did Triple R, which was 
sort of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, when you listen to things back, well, I got the dat tape from Triple R, so I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be good to put up. And I listened to it, I was like, Maybe not. Dude, there, well, there's a live, but, you know, there's a live that... recording of it on, and I played it on this show. So we did like, you know, every 10 episodes or so, we'll sit down and we do a thing called Fuck You, Play Me, where I'll just play songs yeah. and we just talk some shit and recap past episodes. And I played Freak the Funk. I played Freak the Funk. I played Grinning. And I think I played Cucumbers as well over the course of time, just because we've had so many guys on. I'll always play a Resident Dogs join or something like that on the Fuck You, Play Me's. And um, I played Freak the Funk. And I distinctly recall it coming off. It's not credited on YouTube. I could fucking find it. I could bring it up. But um, on YouTube, it's not credited as being off a um, off a Triple J Live at the Wireless, but I distinctly recall from the time it being from some Live at the Wireless album that they did or something well, like that. Well, there's Live at the Wireless or there's also the maybe Big Day Out because uh. the there's some – Footage online. It used to be Channel V, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. They yeah, videotaped yeah. someone, put it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, you know. Well, there's that amazing video. footage that um, when we had Dino on, we we were talking about that footage of him playing. I think Sydney Big Day Out in two thousand. Yeah, eighty thousand people. Or something. Eighty thousand. It's crazy. Yeah, it's that huge. was like because uh, regurgitated and Powderfinger side by side. Oh, oh no, that was a, that was a year after. I think I can't even remember. So, one or so or many two, big days, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we had made the stage, so I don't think regurgitated and Powderfinger on. I think it was the year after. Yeah. They were both massive. Yeah. Uh, I saw footage of that recently with Kung Fu Singh. I was like, Ooh, I'm on that. Oh, really? Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. shit. What, are you up on stage with them? Yeah, yeah, got to do the yeah, cuts. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Dude, I remember fucking, we played like a battle of the bands at Festival Hall. Like we had a punk band when we were kids and shit. And we played at Festival Hall and Resin Dogs, well, not sorry, Resin Dogs, Regurgitator were the act that played it. Like it was some sort of whatever yeah. the fuck. And you were on stage with them. I remember just, I remember standing there watching you DJ. Wow. You know, like that was some shit. And that was probably like 97 or 98 or something for me. Yeah. You know? Well, some Brisbane shows I got to do, lucky enough. I mean, like I did like one of their first shows, Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, that was well, an like entertainment one of the first center or something. I, one of the first times I ever played with Gerge yeah. and it was like, yeah, yeah, come play this gig. I'm, yeah, right. Yeah. Look at it. It was like, fuck, man. And they op- they sold out the rows behind as well. Wow. Maybe they black it out. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, holy fuck. And like it, in the dome type shit or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. almost shat myself. That yeah, day. dude. And it was just like, I've that was the biggest thing I'd ever played on. Yeah. Like in, before that was like probably – 15, 20 people at the <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> or maybe, no, sorry, like maybe the Metro Skunk Tower or something like that. But yeah, fucking. Yeah, but nothing of that, of that scale. Tens of thousands of people, Dude. like, surrounded. And, you know, yeah. all the way up. And I remember, like, one of the songs and um, just seeing people crowd surf to, like, mm. I think it was, like, the 23 Hertz or something, yeah, the Birds yeah. song that they play. It's yeah. just instrumental. Yeah. And it was just, it's like, not just one dude, but one dude. 20 minutes, another dude, another dude. It was just fucking. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I was yeah. just like fucking. But like then, Billy Santos used to say, welcome to the big league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big Billy Santos from welcome, Wall Street. Welcome to the big league. <laughs> what happened to Billy Santos? He's around. He's around? Yeah, he, Still going? I think he runs. He, I think the Minx Bar on something, he runs all the titty bar clubs or oh, something. Oh, you're joking. The, there like, you go. The classy ones. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. has dabble in that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I've I haven't seen him in ages, but I saw him. But you've seen him about and yeah, yeah. maintained some sort of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it's well, well, I worked with him at the gig, jumping back. It was funny. He used to go, because I used to remember I used to have dreads and yeah. stuff. And I was like, 
He'd be catchy, catchy. <laughs> you are my Rasta DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and he let me smoke weed in the club, man. Yeah, we yeah, Because yeah. we had like a little vent up the top. Yeah. So you hit the button to suckle the smoke machine shit out of And when the cigarettes got, so it yeah. was in the DJ box. And he just, I'd be like. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Punch a cone. It's amazing, man, how those dudes stay in clubs for generations. Oh. Uh, you know? He's funny because he was like on the board of like the hospitality and alcohol board as well. So, oh, you know, yeah. like I said, if you want things done, yeah. you have you got to get in there, be a part of it and work yeah. it from the inside out. Yeah. What well, kind of leads me into something we were talking about prior and you can, you go into it as much as possible. You know, you and I have had a discussion off mic, but your role, you know, your role is one of the forefathers of beyond culture, but like the music industry. How did you, how, like, you know, you have positioned yourself as, you know, one of the foremost DJs, but how have you not positioned yourself at your age as, you know, like an A&R or, you know, one of those roles within, as only going to as much as you wish to go into, but, you know, someone of your stature, someone who has had the longevity and someone that's been around as many artists as you have from, Um, you know, dude. Yeah, um, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, it was. I was leading to be there. Mm. When we signed our deal with Virgin, we got the label deal, which was the first ever heard of. And it was like 50-50 recoupable only. So they paid for half. We only had paid to pay back half cost for videos and things like that. Yeah, yeah. With the band and the label. So it was like, you know. Yeah. um, Oh, you're good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, it was weird how we got the deal because I had a I've been a promo uh, approached um, for that you know the, um, what's his name does the blazing oh what Nino Brown Nino oh, Brown yeah, he's done yeah. a blazing series yeah. and uh, yeah. the Katrina who was working at Universal was she's still there um, she's yeah. ex Brisbane lady she's yeah. awesome she knew all about she used to come to Ricks I think pretty much in the early days. She approached about doing a mixed CD of what I did. For, they would put it out. Yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. And um, we used that as, well, if you don't do this, Catch is going to Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uses some sort of leverage. Yeah, 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 which was a good leverage, which sort of didn't get, the, <laughs> get to do the CD I wanted. Yeah. But, um, you know. Uh, so yeah, got the label deal and that was sort of like the beginning of things like working with them. Yeah. I was anti record labels and that, but then Mm. I was like, keep saying, if you're going to make a change and instead of complaining about it, like, like, um, politics, you're going to complain about it. Have you say vote, enroll, get get involved. So I decided to get involved and that would have been my journey into the A&R. Well, it was easy because they were just the things that I was suggesting and doing. They were like, "Holy fuck!" And with half the budget, yeah. just using that. Yeah, you know, coming from radio background, coming from working with Seeing Magazine, putting on my own events. Yes, touring with one of the best managers at the time, who's were you know regurgitated. Yeah, learning all that inside out sort of thing. You yeah, know? it's sort of like the um, it, you know, the Leonard Cohen with the. You know, rush management sort of thing. He uh, started out selling T-shirts sort of thing. That sort of, you know, just yeah, yeah. keeping on, putting my own tapes out. Yeah. Mixtapes, doing all this, you know, dealing with the record stores, all that yeah, report. Dude. Even yeah, yeah. when I was on tour, you know, Blunt Styles tape or Catch Mixtapes ended up in certain stores down in Sydney. Yeah. 
Same with Melbourne, do the yeah. same. So that sort of thing, having all those sort of that using that knowledge and influence and stuff like that would have probably, you know, like I said, the first deal ever done, probably Hoods. It's uh, a precursor the, definitely, to it. Definitely the Fig Kid deal Yes, was like our, our lawyer at the time was the guy who started with another person, the label that did Fig Kid stuff yeah, yeah, through yeah. Sony and stuff. Yeah. He, like I said, used to call me all the time and ask me about certain things and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, all those pre-deals. Yeah, yeah. Before that, wrote wrote the contract. Yeah, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, you were kind of you were kind of there. And the thing is, I did I didn't know about intellectual property then. That's it. That's so what we're learning like, about. You know, so I'm I'm just learning about that thing. now with this podcast, intellectual property. Like, so, you know. but yeah, you know, I had the idea and went with it. Probably could have entered into that ANR thing, like we talked about and stuff. But mm. you know, a few things happened and. We, when we lost our deal with the label and stuff, there was, you know, it sort of became a lot more harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a lot of the industry turn their back, turn their backs on us. Yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, thing. And yeah. It is but what you, but, it is. You know, I, 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 I only, I, and I don't ask it to dredge up old feelings or anything like that. And, you know, nothing like that. But, you know, someone, dude, like seriously, someone of your stature and longevity, I, I, I couldn't see how you could not fulfill that kind of role within the industry. But then again, we're talking about an industry that has changed exponentially over the past 20 years. Yeah. So they don't want someone of your oh, mind, I'd our be a, age. Group. I'd be a dinosaur that had to go true. in and learn. That's like, it. That's if it. I was within those walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I was. Can we smoke a durry? Do you mind, Ross? Sorry. I was like 50 50 in. You know, I was pretty much 50 50 in. So I would have been learning, and they were the people that I dealt with were, you know, yeah, showing me stuff and yeah, do it before it was digital. So. When when you entered the music industry, like that 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 actual industry. So when you get signed, like you know, not when we're all sort of gigging, not when you're gigging around and just you know, when you enter that thing and you you go, okay, fuck, I'm within a machine now. Were you working amongst people in your age bracket, or were they older, were they younger? Some older, some younger. Okay. Yeah, 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 you know, there's always young, younger people working at the, you know, the dudes cutting open the boxes, filling the storeroom sort of stock shelves or whatever. Oh, yeah, no, stock shelves depends on where the warehouse was, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, insert. Well, yeah, it, it's weird because like when I start, <laughs> when I started at around fifteen, and riding my bikes to the record companies here in Brisbane, yeah, dude, you yeah, know, yeah. like. Pick out records. They were, you know, it was serviced from that, but now it's all serviced from Central. Yeah. Because they, excuse me, downscaled that sort of thing. Thanks, man. So, yeah, you know, working with the younger dudes, like the guy who ended up the Queensland head of EMI, mm. was the young guy opening up the boxes and the posters that I used to see all the time and chat, you know, give hey, Here's hey, you going, brother? Talking to Here's him all the, the time. Intern. Sliding me extra promos because yeah. he was cool, and I'd give him mixtapes and shit like that. Wow. So you know, wow. So it's like that wow. theory: never fucking kick anyone in the ass on the way up because you yeah. never know who you're passing on the way yeah, down. Yeah, exactly, right? dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you know, we had I had great relationships with the record company. They all knew me, like from fifteen, sixteen. You know, yeah. And I was I was pimping promos out of them. You know, oh yeah, you were supposed to give them the clubs. I was like, I was like, come on, man. Yeah. And they ended up where I had my own little bag at the things instead of like, you know, Wall Street or mm. Rumors or Images where 
the clubs had to go on because they were clubs where I had my own where, you know, oh, service, you should service Triple Z because I'm there. Yeah. So they'd be getting hip-hop promos. So, yeah. like, you know, all that connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. It's amazing, dude. And, and like, and, and for me, like, me on a personal level, I love the history of not only music in this city but the industry and how it worked, you know, and the machinations of it, you know. Yeah. And you were someone that was in there. And as you said, you had those deals pre the hoods. You know, you guys had the – you were the precursors to that sort of fucking – that whole kind of deal that – Yeah, we figured out the contract and, yeah, you know, yeah. worked because, you know, when we – there was no way to work out a indie sort of deal. I, I think that – I'm sure there were indie deals but not for hip-hop dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Look at look who we brought to the stage. Like I was saying, downside. Coolism. We helped coolism. Yeah. You know, Death Wish – was on the end of that sort That's of it. era. Fatland. Um Shinky Row, well, Two Dogs, yeah. even though, you know, they didn't really want to push it because they thought it was a conflict of interest sort of thing. They weren't happy. Well, Shinky Row? Shinky Row was cool. They did Yeah. They did all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, How was it a conflict of interest? No, Two Dogs and Resonance. Oh, of course. Because yeah. it's like, why are we pushing this act yeah. and sort of thing? It's like, well, yeah. Fuck. How yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah. Look, could you find a- could you find your way around? Not, and not to cut you off or interrupt you, but like with the when the resin dogs were that fucking ginormous touring beast, could you find yourself or could you find uh, you know like a, a you know a route around the resin dogs by doing the two dogs gigs or was oh, that? Yeah, you just hire us as DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two dogs from resin dogs. Yeah, fucking yeah. had a residency in each state for like two years. Yeah, dude. You know, touring yeah. around, do Rick's Friday night, Saturday night, it'll be in Melbourne. Next Saturday night, it'll be in Adelaide. Next night, it'll be in Perth. Or then do, go and do parties in Sydney as well, like with um, yeah. the Funk Trust dudes on a Thursday night. Yeah, dude. Or, you know. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't, if Resin Dogs was too much, get two dogs. Then we formed a little band, get yeah. two dogs, you know, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. with the tour with Lazy and Corpse and all that thing off the Good Vibrations tour because we weren't allowed to do sideshows. So we did the two dogs live experience. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. And people paid money and came to see that. Yeah, dude. Of course. You of know? course. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing Good Buddha at the shows for those sort of gigs. Yeah. Things like that. We, yeah. Yeah. We put Good Buddha out. Yeah. In, yeah. Us. Yeah. Yeah. We actually one of uh, one of the long lost episodes of this podcast was with Sandro. You know, yeah. and he was at the tail end of the uh, Good Buddha years. I think I don't. Think he, he was, was the. Uh, I thought he was in there. From the beginning, yeah, I and can't stuff. remember. He did. And he left, us, and the yeah. yeah, the keyboard player left. But they were okay. like one of my favorite acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were just so good. I was like, fuck, man, these dudes are. Killer. I remember they even had that video clip filmed up here where they walk out of Butterbeats and yeah, well, that's the up Ann Street. Well, that's the truck they did with us. Takeoff. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, mm. now it's amazing shit to me, dude. And just you know, like this is what we need to do. We need to learn from. The people that did it prior to us, dude. Like, and you are it, man. Like, you fucking, you know, you've done so much, dude. You've done so much. Like, fuck. Let's go back to the notes and fucking I'll see what I haven't spoken on. I'm Another drink champs moment. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 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 Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> yeah, oh, what's fucking du- Duckets has been texting <laughs> me all week. Yesterday's rice is not today's rice. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> That's so Duckets, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dude, he's fucking, man, he's all over it. He's he's a fucking amazing dude. He's an amazing dude. I've yeah, got over a lot of my notes, man, actually. But, like, you know, the recent release of Bad Dog Dude. Um, what, you know, getting into that. A little sort of a little shift of sound for the resin dogs. Yeah, man. Just 
like like it was talking earlier i think resin dogs has a certain sound and i think like no one's making music for our age no like no. us 40s or yeah. us yeah. mature age hip-hop Dude. i guess there's a new genre middle mature age, age bro middle age you know <laughs> like that's what it is now you know well is it zimmer frame hip-hop or whatever you want to call it yeah. um i've always think that yeah for a certain sound and stylistics and you know people might oh you're living in the past or whatever it's like yeah but not necessarily. Um, you know, you can always still have modern sounds and stuff. Dave played me a shitloads of beats. Yeah. And um, a beat for, I sort of like listened to it a lot and I was like, I could live with that because I've actually played the, those sort of records out when I've had to. Um, was it constructed as a Resin Dog song would normally be constructed traditionally? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of this internet, again, oh, of COVID course. period. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it come about, I, I've known Jess Harlan for quite a few years because yep. I'm a really good friend of friend slash supporter of Plutonic Lab and what he's done. And he worked on her records and I thought I was really liking all that sound that he was working on. And I met her via those records. Yeah. 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 Cause she's ex Brisbane girl. Yes. And she, yep. she knows the same people that I know. Yes. She'd been over in LA for a long time had an accident, came home to recuperate and doing stuff. So she started doing stuff out here. Um, she was out with some friends of mine and my wife and they were having drinks. And she just came in and said, fuck, man, this shit you're playing is so cool. Yeah. It's cool. Maybe, you know, you ever want a Harlan Dogs collaboration, you know, give us a call. Give it a go. And, like, Dave hit me with a beat, like, probably six months later. I didn't mm. even think – I was like, yeah, man, fuck, I'd love to, you know, mm. so to Jess – Love to. And, um, you know, just Dave hit me with some beats and stuff and he's like, oh, anything we could get this person on. So I go, no, man, i got someone. I know someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him who. And he goes, you reckon she would? And I was like, she, well, she it asked. Go. She asked, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what she comes up with. And gave her a folder of beats and she came back with Bad Dog. She really came. And she came back and because she's got her own little mic set up and then she knows how. She knows that shit inside yeah. out. Yeah. And, um. Fucking, it was like goosebump moment. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah. like, yeah, this is fucking. Yeah, this is something that's new, new territory for us. Yes, certainly. Stuff like that. So definitely, definitely. yeah, bit of back and forth. Um, because of my work, I couldn't get off. Do Stu's time down in, in northern New South Wales, but just went down a couple of times, and then she saw Stu's like, oh, you guys are fucking serious. Oh, okay, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. We did some trade-offs for things, you know, mixed a couple of our records down there. Well, Dave did for, you know, yeah. doing stuff with us and, you know, as you do. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. borrow and steal and yeah, do that's what you it. can. that's it. That's it. And, um, yeah, released bam. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. such a good build. Like I said, it's such a good build-up and then bam. And then COVID. fucking COVID. COVID just, like, stiff-armed it. Yeah. Was that, was that, <clears throat> was that just a one-off? Um, Were you working on something bigger? Was there a bigger project? Um... I think that sort of took the wind out of the sails sort of thing. I mean, there's, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great thing. There was good energy going and stuff. And it was like, you know, build up everything, building up, had it out on platforms and, you know, community radios, yeah. dug it. The J's are like, well, it's not us. Mm. Even double J, they're like, well, it's not what we really plan. Even like, double oh. J. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I'm pretty yeah, sure right. it is if you're playing Avalanche's records. But yeah, dude, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's you know, it's not made for them. It's made for us, and you know, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen. I've been. I actually did. I just did a like her own launch because Alex got shut down because of COVID. She did a, a night at the EC venue where she had um, ba- a bass player she met in our band, um, an acoustic guitarist that she worked with. She sat on stag and did a like an acoustic version of it, and I was like, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this is amazing! Wow. Know, it's hearing something that you know you've been involved with. I guess more well, my involvement was. Again, connecting dots. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. I think I've always together. been that. If I'm not like a an actual writer in it, I've always like mm. yeah. connected those dots with sort of things. Yeah, like, an a, like an like an A and R person should do exactly, right? exactly. Um, the role of a good A and R, an old school A and R, a traditional A and R. You know, like, beyond oh, talent right. scouting, beyond building the talent, finding yeah. it. It's and, not like oh well, he's got good stats. Let's all get up with him and yeah, you know, let's get a fucking Bieber record going or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or but yeah, it was just like it was to hear that song from what we had created to it stripped down to mm. something like became a lot more innocent and a lot more, you know, um, it changed the way I thought the song would have gone. Mm. So it was just amazing to see that. I'm still, we've only performed it once where we did the thing down at uh, Felons and we're yeah. still under cover restrictions. So yeah. everyone's like, Texting me, we can't get in because it, it was capped. So yeah, and it was fucked. It tables. was fucked because like people booked tables just to go have dinner there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in the middle of this, in the middle of the show, like fifty people get up and leave. Fuck. Halfway through the show, and like people want to come in, and it's yeah. like, oh, this and you're is not fun. letting them in. Yeah. And I'm like, just go through the back door, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oscar like yeah. shaking friends yeah. in that couldn't get in. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Get Lenny Lenz in. But yeah, it was, it was amazing seeing like two sides of it. It was funny because like Jessica, I was like, man, that was amazing. She goes, did you film it at all? Did you film it? I was like, I was so caught up in the moment. It was just like I couldn't, I didn't even think about pulling a phone out. Dude, our generation don't. Our generation, like, like and, and obviously, you know, you, you've got, you, you're probably another generation on me. But I, I, like when I watch footage of festivals now, live acts, like, did you see this recent footage of, was it Travis Scott and Drake or something like that? Uh, Cunts getting crushed. All you see is phones. Yeah. Like it's, it's being, like, there's a fucking million phones just being like on the fucking stage. Yeah, man. Oh, look, when I went and saw Hoods, Entertainment Center, yep. fucking at the restrung thing, and they went, put your phones in the air. I was just like, holy fucking holy, man. Jesus. And to me, I was like, two things hit me that day. I was like, these motherfuckers are the biggest act in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sold out the Entertainment Center. Yeah. More than fucking biggest Australian acts do. Yeah. And motherfucking everyone had their fucking. Everyone had a smartphone. It's almost like that run DMC. Put your Adidas and in the did air. This, I was they should, say. Have, they should have got a phone deal out of yeah. this shit, man. <laughs> dude, dude. This, I think their songs are being played in phone ads, you know. Oh, so, dude, it was you know, just like, like, it's just that moment. Like, you wouldn't believe it unless you were there. And I was just like, fuck, man. Like, seeing hip-hop become in the biggest venue that your place can offer, Apart from like a big day out festival, but yeah. that's a multi act. But as yeah. a solo act, like selling out the entertainment center, that is something. Fucking kidding me? Dude? That is something. Who does that? Nah. Who yeah. does that? Like yeah. as an Australian band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Delta Goodrum and those fuckers, they have that shit, man. I've worked at those fucking things, man. I used to like crew, for yeah. crew pulling down and putting up stages as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
They've halved it. A lot of those yeah. bands halved that shit, man. What were you, were you doing, like, rigging and all that kind of yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, I worked, all? like, at Gladiators and fucking Pearl Jam no and shit. shit like that. Yeah, pushing yeah. boxes and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah like Fuck, you've done it running. all. You've done it all, haven't you? Got it, man. <laughs> any, like, any, like, any role that is required <laughs> filling within this industry, within this field or whatever, whatever you want to fucking call it, you've kind of filled that role. At I've some- even signed checks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks. <laughs> oh, Puffy over here. <laughs> yeah. Snuff daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, listen, catch man, it is just, it is always a fucking honour to sit with you, dude. Like anytime, anytime I can catch a game off you, dude, even if I just see you in a club and I can just, you know, just kick it with you for half an hour in a oh, club. That's good. With a couple I enjoy, of man, like when we're kicking it like a, after Midday Marauders, yeah. man, it's like, I never get to fucking see anyone anymore. Yeah, that's Cause it, Just because my path that I do now with my, you know, I don't fucking go out as much. Yeah, when yeah. I do, I'm DJing at some brewery or yeah. some small little venue or, you know, I'm working like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Youth worker, support worker sort of shit, you yeah, know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. How do you find that work? Fulfilling or uh, rigorous? Tiring? Man, well, it's like working with complicated band members. Really, <laughs> and it's funny because like when I originally, when I first got my one of my jobs, I applied for in mental health, and I worked for there for a few months. They said, "Oh, how would you bring? How would you work with the young kids?" I was like, "Well, I work with I've worked toured with twenty musicians, yeah. and they all got different issues to each other. So I think <laughs> I know I can put that yeah. into there. And it's just yeah. it is. It's like using those sort of skills, yeah. um, recognizing those skills, yeah. and working it to you know." Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know you got you you've been there, man. You've yeah. been at gigs and dudes are just fucking up, and you're like, dude, you need to calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. can't say calm down. You got to yeah. go a route about it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, look, man, I understand that you're going this way. Yeah, but <laughs> if you keep yeah. doing this, it's gonna like create a problem for the whole thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We only discovered this kind of diplomacy at this age. Yeah. You know, like, like that kind of diplomacy (laughs) didn't exist when we're in our, when we're 25. Like it was, no, you're fucking up, cunt. Fuck off. You know, like that's, (laughs) but then (laughs) again, I was the one fucking up, you know, too much drugs, too much booze, too much, whatever, you know, like, but see, I missed half of that because I was, I'd finish a gig and then go DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always, <laughs> so, dude. Yeah, exactly. So I was exactly. sort of like the only mayhem yeah. I saw was like the aftermath. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I <laughs> think I get the phone calls. It's like, yo, catchy, your boy, your boy. I'm like, not I my wasn't problem. even in the fucking same venue, <laughs> man. It's not my problem, cunt. <laughs> fucking hell, you deal with it. No, dude, I think even on uh, when we had uh, Dennis on, when we had DNO on, like I think we spoke about like the one time that I had the, I had the privilege, like I, I will say that now, privilege of touring with the Resin Dogs with Lazy. It wasn't even so much of a tour, two spot dates. We went to Melbourne and Sydney. We played the Prince of Wales with the Dogs, and then we played Sydney at Luna Park the following day, this festival. And but that night, like we, I think we missed the van at one point, and like man, you were a fucking oiled machine, you know. And then following that gig, you're off to you're off to Bondi to DJ. Following that. You know, so you, I think whatever you're doing, you, well, you're performing with the dogs that day, but then I'm pretty sure from memory later that night, you were at mm. Bondi because we we're trying to get into some spot in Bondi and no one was letting us in. Make you know, the like, most of it, man. Like, yeah, yeah. It does, you yeah. Know, it's not always about money, but if you can get that little bit extra. Without a doubt. As if you're not going And up. if the money's good, mm, mm, mm. ABC, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, how, okay, so everything goes full circle. How are you finding DJing today? Now? I love it. Loving it again. I love it. I yeah. just recently, after fucking since two thousand and eight, bought a brand new mixer. Wow! Yeah, I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. yeah. Run it up the cash. Got a good deal. So yeah. I was like, yeah. So 
Yeah, fuck Shout it. out to a DJ or shout out? <laughs> oh, yeah, more like Eartha, Mark Pelter. He's just like, dude, fucking. Yeah. He puts, and he puts on a superstar DJ discount <laughs> on the invoice. It's fucking hilarious. Everything I buy, I like, pay superstar DJ. Superstar DJ. <laughs> so it's like, oh, awesome, man. Big shout out to Eartha. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, you know, store DJ because the guys in Queensland look after me. Yes. Um, and as they should. Fuck yeah, but yeah, just stepping into that realm of having. Buttons at work. Yeah. <laughs> Buttons yeah, at work or yeah, yeah. just be able to like not have a Serato box because um, when I first bought the mixer, you know, Scratch Live and then they upgraded just DJ, Serato mm. DJ, so my mixer became irrelevant unless playing vinyl and stuff like that, unless yeah. you kept that thing. And I was like, well, sort of trying to progress to you keep with the technology in certain clubs and I had certain packages that I can use and plug in and shit. So I was like, fuck, I just went and bought the A-Track mixer. It's got good effects. Everything, yeah, what I need, still learning it, but yeah, just yeah. having that, you know, having a really good mixer to, yeah, take with me for dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. or deck gigs. I oh, dude, like I fucking, I like, I um, played a couple of records last week, Little Jay's, um, Little Jay's Market. It was just over near where I live, and um, a mate of mine was DJing. Shout out to Keep It Moving. He was DJing, and I was like, oh man, I'll pack half a crate of wax and bring it over, and I'll play for half an hour. And even on his mixer, man, that, like these mixes, like it's not even like your mixer over there, Russ. Like that kind of shit, that's easy for me. I can navigate that. I know how to switch the fader. I know how to bring a record in on that kind of thing. This fucking things, this fucking thing looks like this. It's got MPC pads on it and yeah. fucking like effects. Not. I'm just like, bro, I don't even know what I'm doing. How do I move the fader? How do I how, like so I can bring this record? Colour- in? <laughs> exactly, dude. This mix you know? has got like uh, sine waves on it, the A-track one, so you can go, all those. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like a like a baseline thing. You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what his mix is like. He can do all that kind of shit. So you can fucking cut a record and you can go, do, do, do. He can echo out and shit. And I'm just like, man, how do I just like jigger, jigger into that side and jigger, jigger back into that side? Like, you know, like the jigger, jigger button on There's no jigger, jigger button. There's no fucking like, how do I switch the fader from, because, you know, it comes to scratching hamster these days. So they're scratching on that side of the thing. Yeah, all that curve control, fader movement, like hard, smooth. Yeah, yeah, It's like, yeah, man. Yeah. Welcome to the 21st century. That's catch. what it is, eh? That's what it is, dude. That's what it is. Did you it. have to take, did you, did you have to not take a lesson? Obviously, you know what you're doing, but did you, like, you know, that was that a conscientious move on your part, making that upgrade to that next mixer? Because it's like, okay, I want to stay in these clubs. Yeah, I think I was the only dude pushing, like, from five to zero yeah. and one to, yeah, yeah, one yeah. to five on, yeah. on the laptop still. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. When I was yeah. playing, even with the dogs, would be like, yeah. Reaching over, like, what the fuck's he doing? So I can just do it from there, like, no one, oh, yeah, no, he's doing it. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. It's like. It's dope. Yeah, just that upgrade makes you get in there more, dude. Got me excited about doing, like, more DJing and being creative. Like, there's, a like, a hold button on the Echo so you can do, been working, um, what I've been doing is getting, like, uh, four-bar loops, mm. taking mm. that record off, cutting a beat, take Sick. that off do some other stuff. So yeah. I'm working with another guy and we're going to try and recreate, um, oh, Toby G, we're thinking oh, about. Oh, yes, Toby. Um, recreating some certain records and just doing a little, you know, Sick. have one deck each. So yeah. you do one, do one, like Dope. recreate beats and yeah, stuff yeah. and do that sort of thing, make yeah. songs, then just cut the shit over each other's stuff or whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. So like some sort of duo thing. It was just like, because yeah. oh. he showed me, that's what in he actually, because he had had the new, uh, rain mixer and mm. inspired me. It's like, oh fuck, that's dope, man. And I was mucking around at his house and he showed me some stuff. And I was like, man, I'm gonna get one. So I was just like, 
buckled and went, Did it. fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Why am I saving this? My wife's like, why are you saving all this money? I'm not enjoying it. So <laughs> That's shout it, outs to the wife, man. Yeah, man. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, I just, you know, I want you to have the best thing. Yes. Stuff. She's always like, yeah. you should get this. And it's like, no, I can just do this and rah, 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 all this. Oh, but know, dude, I'll a, just get this driver and work this driver. It'll fucking nah. work. And but see, a, a person. Dad, fucking get it. Nah. And a person <laughs> in your position and a person like with the collection you have beyond anything else. And I know everything's fucking digital these days. So that collection, I mean, that collection all will always serve a purpose, if not just archive music. But someone in your position, you mean, you got to move with it, don't you? Otherwise, you're oh, yeah. left. You know, like you get fucking. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the digital thing's dope, man. Because, like, there's record like you you can record your stuff. I mean, I was I have like a couple of backup hard drives of stuff just in case. Yeah. But um, you know, fuck, there's online storage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And now apparently you can. There's dudes that, was it tutorials that can link your Dropbox while playing, so you Serato, so you don't even have to take your fucking hard drive. You can like go through and play off. Fuck. Yeah, fucking clouds and shit Fuck like that. It's like, me. oh man, that's Jesus. crazy. Yeah, it's a fucking. Until you don't pay your bill, right? <laughs> yeah, until you fucking. Yeah, until and it's like, hello, <laughs> let me in. Yeah, 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 for real. Fuck, that's some crazy but shit. But yeah, it's all that technology has so much to take on. Yeah. It's like, you know? Yeah. I'm still like, I tried to take USB sticks and work off the CDJs, put them in, and it just, it was really foreign to me. So mm. I've always kept plugging in my laptop. I even. Take my box just in case it doesn't work, so I can just plug in and mm. still use my laptop to me, and you know, work it that way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah if yeah. not that, it's just records and it's stuff. Just records. And I started beat counting my records again because wow, like, yeah. Um, I used to be able to like, oh yeah, that goes with that, that sort of thing, and I know yeah. the tempo. I just know a lot of the tempos, but I was just like, if I want to work really quick and do stuff, yeah, yeah, like you know, really quick mix sort of stuff, go through, yeah, and it's just you know. So you're so like is is, is that just, you kind of is that you kind of relearning almost relearning doing my homework yeah yeah listening to records again yeah dude um, because that's know, what knowing your like, music is that's what knowing yeah. your music is knowing what like 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 there's dudes out there that just know BPMs they can pull BPMs out you know and oh, they know yeah. what record's going to play off the back of that record and what's going to work you yeah know? I think like and I think um a lot of it is to me is a lot of key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixing that's come into yeah. like probably for me seriously in the last five years and stuff. So yeah. Where at Rick's, I used to just, where I'd set it up and I'd work out like stuff and you play records and work, oh, this goes with this and oh, but, but it does go with that. So mm. it's sort of key. Whereas you hear other dudes and go, what the fuck was that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and I've done those. I've been that person. It's like, oh, that just sounds really weird. Yeah. Because they're, they're clashing. Yeah. Keys are clashing. Of course. Stuff. So to me, of course. So Serato in my world has made that a lot. A lot easier, yes. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, being a non-musician, person. of course, of and course. like you know, fuck, of course. And, and me being also the dumbest person because I've worked with the most incredible musicians and not said, "Hey, can you teach me to play guitar or can you teach me to play keys Dude. or Dude. Dave, Dave, show me how to play drums." Yeah, yeah Neville. Yeah. Once in that conversation. Hey, bro, listen. You fucking. Man, listen. Uh, Hello. I can say the same thing, dude. I've been in studios for fucking 20 plus years and I've never learned how to use any piece of, I've never learned how to use a fucking laptop almost, you know, like oh. I had to force myself into learning how to engage with, you know, certain things. And at this age, I've found it to my detriment, having not sort of just gone, you know, listen, you've been around this shit for that fucking long and you haven't 
even attempted to learn something. It's only now that I'm paying more attention, like when I've got to get Russ to do something for me or something. Yeah. Like that. It's just like, you know, like, oh, man, I mean, I should know I'm this sure myself. Russ is like, man. Yeah, I do. You know, Russ can jump <laughs> this on. This is just, the on button. Yeah, bro, it's the as on button as is here. Like this dude can just go through it and just jump on my laptop and go, oh, this is what you want to hear. And just boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, I don't even know what you just fucking did then, cunt. Like, fuck. <laughs> I did have one of the moments once when someone said, oh, can you show me something in the NPC? And I went, yeah, here's the on button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah, did yeah. that to someone at a record label. I was just like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, listen. They bro. deserved it, though. So, Oh, no, they didn't deserve it. They didn't? It was just, well, they did. Just me being a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know much about fucking star signs and all that shit, but listen, we've had you for two hours now, bro. I mean, yeah. I don't know where to leave it. Listen, man, I, I, I wanted to have you back. I wanted to talk to you again. I want to get Jeff back, you know, like there's a handful of you guys that I want to get back, and I, I'd love to have you come back again in fucking another fucking 50 episode, another however many episodes. Yeah, man, catch. I'd love like, to. Like, there's always we, room. We skipped over the... B-boying, breaking era? Well, we spoke about that. This is the thing. The only reason I didn't go back into that is because we did talk, like we spoke Expo, we spoke B-boy All-Stars in the first episode. So that's where I was kind of like, and there was a lot of Resin Dogs stuff. So it was Resin Dogs heavy, but it was the start of it was kind of uh, B-boy All-Stars Expo heavy. Yep. And that's why I was kind of like, oh, man, I want to fill in the gaps because we skirted over the graph shit. Yep. We skirted over some of the tour stories, you know, like you, you, you were kind of telling things and then maybe I cut you off and it leads off to some other discussion. Oh, there's heaps more of that. God, but yeah, you got to do the McDonald's, Hungry Jack's. Yeah, KFC. Post office, <laughs> post office, office square yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, there yeah. used to be a rotunda oh, on Hungry Jack's. Of course, of course. So Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that sort oh, of dude. shit. Well, fuck, fuck, man, we need to, dude, listen, <laughs> we could go for another hour, I suppose. I mean, fucking hell. What more have we got to talk? Should we keep talking? I'm down. <laughs> you got me. You got well, me here, we'll man. Do, okay, like- okay, so that rotunda, break it down. What was going on there? Well, there was two rotundas, one up the top of the end of the mall, yeah. which is Hungry Jack's, just above the toilets, yeah. where dudes used to meet and break, but there was also one outside the theatre, the Old Hoyts Theatre yep. and McDonald's, where people used to break as well, because yes, they sort of key meeting points. Yep. I'd say like Friday night. Oh, I remember the old Hoyts like Theatre, so, yeah. That sort of steez. Yep. And, um, yeah, there was like, fuck. Also behind, like, usually uh, Saturday mornings and during the day, like behind McDonald's, because the grounds were smooth. Mm. So, you know, it was like a smooth service. Everyone come in, do their breaking and stuff like that. This is early. This is like 82, 83 sort of style, man. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, you know, up rock and all those sort of dude, dude wearing half. Cavalry hats and kung fu shoes and wow. hammer, Corfu pants that look like hammer pants. Yeah, sort of yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. All that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah, oh, dude, listen, there's it's admit, crazy. Dude, there's a history book to be written. There's electric a fucking... troopers, you know, all that sort of right. stuff. All and those what was, dudes. What was your? Uh, was it Fraggle Rock? Fraggle Rock was before Bebo All Stars. Yeah, yeah. Bebo All Stars came because of the Smurfs on the Gold Coast and Fraggle Rock from Brisbane. That's right. Joined together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And where does KGB come out of that? Because oh, actually, that's a DJ thing. That was more DJ. Yeah, yeah that was a DJ thing. Like Kings yeah. getting busy, so it was like, it was more of a DJ crew because it was like myself, Angus, Angus, Fib, Michael Jordan. So Angus and Jordan have passed on. Yeah. Um, Hams and Justin Bribe. Yes. Who yeah. traffic? Traffic. Yeah. So yeah, that was sort of the crew. That was sort of the solidified one of the crew. But we like hung out. That's where. You know, we'd also go because of SAE, so Jeff and Kessler would be at the studio, so we could maybe go over there and hang out sort of thing. So that's where that 
sort of connecto yeah. is from there. Yep, 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 yeah. I know, like for anyone listening, uh, go back to DJ Fib's episode. He filled us in on a lot of the sort of KGB history and stuff. But, yeah, I know that was another thing we kind of glossed over when we had you on at episode six because I never knew a lot of that. I remember seeing, like, photos and KGB hats in Hype Magazine and stuff. Yeah, it was just I mean, you contributed to Hype Mag, dude. You were a writer, you know, like. Yeah. You know, you've filled so many different <laughs> fucking, like, to any avenue that has existed, you've been there. Except on the digital realm. <laughs> makes for makes fucking two of us, bro. You know. Here comes a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's something. There's something. Maybe it'll be a counselling. Yeah. Wellness counselling. There's fucking, there's plenty of those out there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Wellness podcast. But listen, listen, we might as well. How long have we been at it, Russ? Uh, probably two hours now. Yeah, two hours plus, eh? At least, listen, yeah. catch. It's been no. a fucking honor, as per usual, as per ever, as Enjoy as, it, man. as it always will be, man. And um, listen, let's give this man his flowers while he's still here because he deserves them. And you know, I think we stated it from the outset. Like, and then you was talking about superstar DJ. That like, I can't think of one other DJ that I went to see or that I, I can like I can't remember. Like, as even as I sit here talking to you. Like you know, there was there was a lot of the rocking horse, a lot of the rocking horse stuff back in the early two thousands. They were kind yeah. of like late nineties, early two thousands DJs and stuff like that. But you were like the last one, man. You like you were the last one out here still active, and you weren't even in that rocking horse crowd, so to speak. But you were, you know, you predate that crowd. You know, it's just like you are that dude. You are that, and you are still standing today, still spinning tunes, still giving music to the masses, still sharing your knowledge and your love. Like it's. Dude, it's oh. you know, let's. It's only me and you, Russ, but let's give this man a round of applause. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you, man. No, you deserve yeah. it, brother. You deserve it. You deserve the flowers, and you deserve them while you're still standing. You know, so this has been. You want to leave us with anything? You're good. Um, Follow DJ Catch on social media at D Double E J Catch. Yeah, D Double E J. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a uh, a homage to Jay Diller. Yep. JD. Yep. Yeah, JD. DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I know this has been Instagram. a bit of a roundabout. This has been a bit of a roundabout discussion, but that's what I wanted to have. It's I was a kind of like, thing. "That's it, dude." I just wanted to have a nice, broad discussion, maybe fill in some gaps, and you know, just kick it and like, yeah. and and for fifty episodes, probably, I've wanted to have you back, like because for me, with this podcast, we found our feet with you. Like that sixth episode where we had you on initially is where it was kind of the first time where everyone went, "Fuck, you're doing something pretty cool," you know, and that was with you. Oh wow! And I wanted to bring you back, just not for that purpose but just to it's been two years let's fucking just sit down and do it again yeah cheers you know? man look i want to say you guys have done a really good thing i appreciate you know, it yeah to um for the young listeners yeah, maybe yeah. the olders that may have heard about all that stuff you know you hear about the mystery or the stories maybe hype magazine or mm. the mystique of the hip-hop show yeah, yeah yeah those sort of things and yeah you know, yeah it sort of brings to light people's views instead of hearing those stories it's, yeah People's views. Yeah. Well, it Sometimes like, it's may you hear may not be the right story. Mm, 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 mm. Oh well, we've had plenty of those. We've had plenty of those moments. But hey. I, I also think it's um, <laughs> like beyond beyond there being a spot for middle aged dudes to talk about hip hop, like that that is open to everyone. You know, yeah. no one's ex this isn't exclusive. Like Russ isn't middle aged. Like Russ yeah. is in his well, you know, you're fucking thirty, can't you? Fucking all the way. Oh, you're done, mate. <laughs> I'm on the fucking downward spiral yeah. now. Well, you're almost thirty anyway. You know, like he's almost at fucking thirty. You know, but like you know, like there's got to be a space for this history. You know, oh. for for because it's not documented anywhere else, man. You know, totally. And, and I suppose since we started, a lot of other people, there's been a lot of other things come along similar to what we're doing. But dude, like we really found our feet with you. 
you know, and oh, I appreciate your props, but like I can only give you props because we only exist in this space today because you did it. You did it, dude. I listened to Fat Tape, bro, when I was a kid. It was everything. Sunday nights were everything to me, you know? It was, like, it was fun, man. Like, yeah. I, yeah, Brisbane hip-hop owes me money, but... <laughs> <laughs> it owes you a debt. I bet it does. Yeah, it owes you a debt, But we bro. did it. It wasn't about the money then. We just did it. Mm. And that was the thing. It wasn't about, oh, until someone pulled me aside and said, you know that you could make some money out of this shit? Like, my mentors were like, yeah, there's some dollars in this, man. Yeah. So, but it took a long time as like, you know. Takes a long time, persistence. Like I said, dealing with venues, trying to get hip hop played in clubs, trying to do this, you know. Even with Triple Z, like, you can't play that sort of song on the radio. It's like, I used to go to meetings and I'd be like, you know, chastised for playing some sort of thing. It's like, but you played this song on, you know, mm. such and such, maybe the Dykes and Mike's song. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, Dykes, Dykes and Mike's. Dykes and Mike's, holy I, fuck. I actually yeah. pulled a couple of instances out of that where it's like well you played this song yeah you know oh this is offensive but this is offensive yeah. to certain listeners that's about or down. you I could tune it and they said you could tune out i said exactly yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah. exactly it's like you're now trying to curate a playlist you mm. can't censor this is a non-censorship mm. show so yeah. you know maybe i fought for some censorship issues here as well yeah. so you know do you have any? Do you have any? Maybe we'll leave it here. Do you have any key records from those fat tape days that you still return to? Like, do you remember them as being fat tape jams? Because I do. Like on on that on that sixth episode, if people want to go back to it, go back <coughs> to episode six at the start of it. I played five or six tracks for Catch that I heard for the first time. One of them, "Come Clean" by J. Rue. Um, yeah, that was you know definitely uh, probably showing AG. Most beautiful thing in the world by Keith Murray was another. Wow. Awesome. Um, that was another. They, they, they were records that you broke for me. Yeah. They may have already been broken in this city. I don't know. I wasn't of an age. But for me, you broke those records to me. You know, yeah. we're talking fucking I'm 13, 14, hearing those records for the first time. Yeah, I think my part of town, Tough Crew. Yes. Because, yep. like, we always thought, to me, like, Brisbane's always been, like, the bastard child of Australian hip-hop. Mm -hmm. You know, Perth can say that, but, like, Oh, and I'll probably agree, but because of the Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney yes. sort of thing. I mean, Melbourne, yeah. Adelaide always had that, but it, yeah. there was that sort of thing. I mean, in the 80s, there was that uh, bit of graffiti conflict, which was on that, um, I can't even remember, that morning show that they had like, uh, you know, Ransom and all them on and Joker and all those other cats from Sydney, Blaze and all them. I kinda, it wasn't called Recovery, but it was some sort of like Saturday morning show and they had like oh. a graffiti off. Oh, not um, the factory. Factory. Yeah, the factory. that was it. Yeah, and um, yeah. but you know they all like you see tours and like why does that not come to Brisbane? But they oh, dude, would I go to the Perth, days. right? Yes, I remember the days. <laughs> so we, yep. I, I always thought, oh, well, I was the bastard child of like Australian hip hop and stuff like that in the city sort of thing where we we'd get a hip hop night, but it was you know beat nuts, but it's on a Tuesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know some yeah. dumb shit. that's like yeah. you know how about you work out your weakest targets and put make them the strong nights. And that's then, it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we do what we do. We do what we do. We will continue to do what we do, as this man has done for fucking four decades. He's given us, he's given us everything, man. And you know, we talk about that tree. This is the man that so many branches. This podcast being one of those branches that have grown off the DJ Catch tree. I mean, Russ, you want to leave people with anything? You got anything you want to fucking, you know? You've been quiet this episode. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just listen to the fucking history. It's interesting. <laughs> it's here, man. It's here. I mean, here. you can you can see it. Like um, the first time I heard Fat Tape was you and Chubba on there. Yeah, I didn't even know there was Fat Tapes before then yeah, until yeah. years later. You know, so. oh, I wouldn't even put myself in that legacy, man. I used to turn yeah. up there. Chubbs organized everything. I'd turn up there and get drunk and fucked up. That's yeah. what I yeah, do. but it's like but see that to me it's like it's the legacy taking on the torch. Like yeah. to me, you doing this. You were like, well, I did fat tape and we could do something, you know? Yeah. Along that legacy. I'm not yeah, saying, yeah. oh, well, of course fat tape influenced your podcast. But yeah, yeah. it's not. But you had that sort of thought and go, there needs to be a podcast. Oh, dude, I'll tell you. When we were doing fat tape, when me and Chubba were doing fat tape, that's when I said, I, that's the first time I ever said we should do a podcast. So I said to him, I was like, we should do a podcast where we either talk to people or just play music because I was getting into like the Combat Jacks and the Wine Epsteins. Yep. It was like the early days of podcasting, you know, yeah. like that tail end of fat tape when it was, you know, I think it was its 25th year on radio or something. Yeah, Chubba we took did it, you know. 25 years. Yeah. yeah. I remember the email conversation and like dis- someone was disagreeing about like, oh, no, we can't have those people doing it. And I was like, well, yeah, but why not? Yeah. Because we all got a legacy from it, you know? Yeah. Carcinogenics and hydrofunk. Exactly. And if that person comes on and they bring in their sort of people to yes. do that, yeah. how, can, how can you stop someone from bringing the legacy and just forward, b- you know? keeping it moving, like just yeah. keeping it going. Because where did, where, okay, all right, and we'll, we will wrap it up now. <laughs> so where, where does it, so the, the legacy kind of starts in terms of hip-hop radio here in this city. Does it start with Jeff, with like Justin yeah, Jeff? Jeff. Yeah, and then it goes to like whether what, whatever the early incarnation of Fat Tape was. Well, there was a bit in between where, excuse me, um, a couple of people were playing not just hip-hop but they were – putting in hip-hop tunes and mm. that. And then, um, like I said, Pete and Ann sort of had the idea of doing a hip-hop show and they, out of their little collective they realised that they probably didn't have enough hip-hop and they knew from Need to fill that guess, quota. seeing like the Vapors and all that sort of shit yep. and sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, this is a guy. We go and watch him play at this venue. Yeah. Let's fucking, he's got the records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Because I can, like me personally, I can almost trace that lineage. So if I'm, if you're talking Jeff and Fib and Catch and then Shawnee B, Complex, Frenzy, then DJ Decide with Complex and Shawnee. Well, yeah, Fib was in there. Um, I mean, like Shawnee B was around the Frenzy period and yep. Fib was in around that time as well. Okay, yep. Before he left to go, the went over to the UK. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he had that time in early as well. yeah. And then, you know, Chubba taking it over from Decide, who just had, you know, Decide. I think Complex had gone to the Philippines. Yep, Con. Yeah, he'd yeah. taken off. And Sean yeah, did what Sean did. Sean he went, just went to work. Yeah. Well, he went to work at Central Station. And, That's right. Um, yeah. He wanted to take on his DJing career and do his beats thing. That's it. And I think he had a partner at the time, so he yeah. had to concentrate on that sort of yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. We could go back, like, we've had Shawnee B on this. Like, Shawnee, Shawnee, B was, Shawnee B is a fucking pivotal figure in this city, man. He deserves his fucking props and came out of Paran in Melbourne and stuff like that. But, you know, I think he went up to Townsville and did radio well, in Townsville. He, yeah, he did radio in Townsville. <coughs> yeah, because I met Sean through Ransom. Okay. And Ransom was like, oh, this is the dude you got to meet. So yeah. Then his mum moved to Townsville or Cairns. Yeah. And he did stuff up there. And I think he met... um. What's his name from Class A Records? Grant. Oh, Grant. Yeah, Strychnine. So I think he was up, Strychnine, I okay. think he was up there or something. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, a couple of other dudes that now live in Brisbane. So mm. he had that influence. And then he came down. I was like, yeah, come, come yep. hang and let's do this. And 
Yeah. Then he took the legacy on and did what he needed to do. And, and then handed it on and handed it yeah. on and handed it on. And the legacy, you know, it was what it was and it continues to be so. And that legacy in some way hopefully lives through this show because it is a branch off that tree. And um, we'll wrap it here, man. Listen, thank you yeah. so much, bro. No worries. C- can't fucking Pleasure, thank man. you enough. It's an honour. It's always an honour to sit with DJ Catch and hopefully we filled in some of those gaps, you know. And, man, go back through go back through these fucking episodes, man. We've given you fucking 80-something episodes. I think we're at 85 now, maybe 84. I can't even remember, man. Yeah, and we're- if you're new to listening to the podcast, go and check the original episode. Exactly. Go back to episode, episode six. six. Episode yeah. six, because that's where I think this podcast really found its feet. So with that episode, that was our first episode that we, we uh, put out unedited. Oh yeah, was welcome too. to the big league. Oh, man. No shit, no shit, bro. <laughs> there used to be so many fucking edits. <laughs> oh, can't, like our first five episodes, bro. Like that, man. Like we'd have. I think the worst one was the the Biggie episode, the first one. The first, or the Crush oh. City one. So we had Odzy oh, yeah. Reels and Disney come on, and oh, the Crush yeah, City episode. Some oh. Funny shit I had to take out of that. Yeah, because the, I mean, the, those dudes sat down and didn't even know what it was. I remember Odzy going, "Is this a radio show?" And I'm like, uh, oh, "Kinda," yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Dude, I remember when you came down for episode six. You were kind of walking into the studio like what is this you know like you know it's triple z love again yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> almost you know well i thought the funniest shows was bill and jamie fighting each other oh bro if that we could have, if, if we could have filmed an episode and madhouse that, yeah that's probably that would be like probably guys maybe not a good time to drink mm. <laughs> well, yeah, or i'm sure they hate me for saying that uh, but it's like that was sometimes something else. <laughs> dude the uh yeah the the, the the hype episode I think is um is a, we we captured a moment. They cut it, talked over each other. They were. Ki- I wish I filmed that too, because yeah, they, is, were, they were kicking each other like fuck off. I'm talking. Funny, you can hear that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can hear the tail. Bro, they're, si- they're sitting there like you and Russ. Like you and Russ are sitting side by side. At one point, Bill is kicking Jamie. Oh, ja- no, sorry, Jamie's kicking Bill's chair because Bill was just what like it was just like they're kicking one another off the fucking mic. And then the girl in the background was saying something. It was yeah. like dead air for like five minutes. And that chicken like, that turned that shit. Off. That chicken in the background was fucking. An old mate's fucking daughter, um, old mate from remember like, Smart Arts years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was his daughter. Yeah, it's funny. Like, wow. Funny shit. It was like turning it up, like funny yeah. like, in the car, man. I like, think, man, we drove a lot of people nuts with that episode, but like uh, me and Russ, we got to the end of it. It was like, oh, afterward, I, I was like, because usually I would edit that sort of dead air out, but there was so much can't. of it that I was like, fuck it, I'm just leaving it as yeah, one big cacophony like, of noise. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll just let the people have it raw. That's where you need Dude. the mic hanging in the room. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just in case. Oh, we had B-Boy, we had B-Boy Jay who was sitting on the couch or something. He'd get up and start talking on my mind. I'm like, all right, dude, you got something, yeah. to, you got something to contribute? Because yeah. he was there on a panel somewhere at some point. And Madhouse's tangents as well. That was awesome. Yeah, it was hard keeping mad. You know, he was a good dude though. Big shouts oh, to I fucking love, Frickman. I love yeah. Frickman, man. We, yeah. you know, we grew up together. We went to school exactly. together and shit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All Legendary figures, man, and you know we've, you know we've been joined by another legendary figure today. I mean, this is Beers Beats and the Biz. Um, we got to get our Patreon in order for anyone hanging in there. Our Patreon's all fucked up for some reason. I don't know what it is. We can't log in. We can't oh, okay. get into it. People, uh, people aren't being like you know. It's all it's all fucked up. So if anyone listening will get our Patreon in order, but you can follow this podcast uh, at Beers Beats the Biz Patreon for slash the Patreon is there, but for whatever reason I don't know. I can't get into it. I don't know. We've tried. Oh, we'll we changed all the passwords on it, but yeah. 
don't know what the fuck's going on there, but um, got yeah. to put in your credit card. <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah, man. No, there's been some shit going on with this podcast over the past few weeks, man. But you know, it's in, dude. Like, we're f- this is it's this is new life for this podcast, and that's yeah, why right. we had to bring you back because you were here when we found life, and you were here when we find new life. You know, so and you continue life catch by just doing what you do. And once again, can't thank you enough, brother. So, yeah, man, thank you. This has been Beers, Beats, and the Biz for another week. I don't know what episode it is, 55, 54, whatever it is. But yeah, man, fucking go back to episode six and go back through the history books. We've had Dave, we've had Dino, we've had Jeff. Um, I, I definitely want to have Jeff back on again. I'll get in touch with Jeff in time. Um, and, you know, we'll do it all again, man. We'll do it all again. We'll even get catch back again because, you know, we're here for the, we're for the, we're here for the long haul now. So it is what it is. DJ Catch, once again, my man Insidious over here on the boards. This is Jake Beers signing out. Beers Beats in the Biz. Peace. Thanks,